Can I ask you a personal question? Uh, sure. <laughs> Do you write songs or anything? I don't sing my own songs. Thank you. Why? I just, I just don't feel comfortable. Why wouldn't you feel comfortable? Um, well, because, like, almost every single person that I've come in contact with in the music industry has told me that my nose is too big and that I won't make it. Your nose is too big? Yeah. Your nose is beautiful. Are you showing me your nose right now? You don't have to show it to me. I've been looking at it all night. Oh, come on. Oh, I'm going to no, be thinking not. about your nose for a very you're long time. You're full of shit. I'm not full of shit. Yeah, I'm telling you the truth. Yeah, you're full of Can shit. Can I touch your nose? Oh, my gosh. Let me just touch it for a second. God, if your life had a face, I would punch it. Yeah. Wait, what? Let me ask you something. Why would always you make the point of saying someone's not a genius? You think I'm especially not a genius? Veronica, why are you pulling my dick? Suck my fat one, you cheap dime store hood. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installment of the greatest moments in the history of forever. I'm Zach. I'm Matt. And this is episode number 136, A Star is Born 2018. That's right. It finally happened. I think this is probably the third episode where A Star is Born <laughs> will be talked about heavily. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it was just a matter of time. Yeah. The only other movie that even comes close to this fast of a turnaround would be Get Out. Yeah, that's right. Which I think came out in February and we were turning it around by October, right? That was the same year. Sure, that sounds good to me. I think at some point what we're going to have to do is start going live on Instagram or Periscope or something for the pre-show part. (laughs) Where we spend an hour talking about whatever before we start doing this. Flip or flop. Yeah. Game of Thrones. Right. I was, Thanos' ass. Before we talked about it, I was like, maybe we'll do five minutes on High Life, but we already covered it. I think our thoughts on High Life would be too confusing for this format. Sure. I think and we need for to us in general. On message here. A Star is Born. It was just a matter of time. We delayed it a little bit. I think we were originally going to do this back in February. We pushed it back for various reasons that I don't want to get into. But let's be honest. We're ready to go with this topic at any given time. You could just say, turn on the mics and let's do it. Yeah, it needed to be done. And we'll talk about it as we get into the movie. But it's just a a really special moment in American cinema of 2018. Something that you don't see a lot. I mean, really, I mean, this kind of movie, this kind of success at the box office and critically, it all came together pretty unbelievably and will be a movie that I think will resonate with audiences for years to come. Sure. Whereas a lot of the movies that were rewarded, not that I don't want to get into another oh, Oscar no. thing, yeah. but like, you know, a lot of the movies that get hyped up, it's like nobody's going to care about this in a few months. Right. And I think A Star is Born will be one that people do remember. Before we get into the actual episode, I mean, we're posting this a little later than usual, it's kind of a gap. 
from the last one. I think this is more like the. We're kind free- of on our summer schedule. This, this is more point. like the freewheeling old days. That's right. When you go back and you look at our old episodes, the gaps between the episodes are so random. <laughs> like three weeks, and then all of a sudden, like four two days. days. Yeah. <laughs> it's like three weeks, four days, eight days, twelve days, six days, six days, three days, six days. Right. You know, it's all over the place. Keep I think on your toes. Whatever day this ends up getting posted, which obviously is going to be way later than the usual day, unless I decide to just do a whole week break, whatever. Whatever day this gets posted, okay. you'll probably be able to expect another episode a week from that day. So I think it's safe to say that one is going to come on yeah. a regular time after that. Right. We have it, that planned out. I think most of the time we should be pretty good about sticking to the weekly schedule but it, you know the actual day of the release you know sometimes might vary right like like the old days <laughs> it's possible anyway i was wondering just off topic randomly because i was exploring some of our old episodes oh, wow. lately as i that's dangerous do. territory to go down if you could pick one episode from the early days or actually from any of the days it doesn't even have to be the early days okay to redo what Oof. episode would you most want to redo <sighs> off the top of your head like a gut answer halloween three <laughs> an episode we long considered one of our favorites no you'd want to try to redo really anything it's always i, I just always go back to those first like 10 13 episodes i, I mean at the time, I loved the way we handled the bug juice episodes and a lot of the jokes we made in Halloween 3, but those are great topics. <laughs> and we just, I, I just feel like we could do better now the way that we, I don't know, I feel like we have such a better flow, a better chemistry, a better a better rhythm to the show. The pacing has definitely improved, right. that's for sure. I would say, for me, without question, The Silence of the Lambs. Okay, so you're right in there, too. That whole that was early... one of our first five. Yeah. And it's so short. that mo- <laughs> If we did that movie now, that would be like a two-hour episode. Yeah. And it, I think we, it was like 30 minutes or something. If I went back and looked at all the episodes, which I have not done in quite a while, I definitely think there's ones... I know there are ones that I was like, you know, I feel like we left something out there with that one. Like, we didn't quite... There are a lot like that. Yeah. Well, like, I, think- I envisioned it going one way, and we didn't quite get there, you know? <laughs> but, I, yeah, I feel like you could say that about anything, though. I, I kind of think Bull Durham, I felt that way a little bit. That like, was still pretty early. Yeah. I think definitely the first 50 or so, if we redid them now, they'd all be way longer. True. <laughs> not necessarily better. Maybe, maybe not, yeah. but we would hit more things. We definitely, like, missed stuff because they were way shorter. We sure. weren't going beat by beat through the plots right. as much. Whatever. You'd get 15. 15- this is probably really boring to our listeners, but I thought it was just interesting if we were given that chance to redo some apps, which I, d- I don't think we will ever do. Well, never say never. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think we got to just look, keep moving forward. I don't cer- think we can look well, back. <laughs> at a certain point, this show will be on a new platform, I think, you know. <laughs> New listeners, I think we'll we'll, we'll get a chance to kind of get a clean slate. We'll end up on like my favorite murders network that they launched. Yeah, I, I think they'd kick us off of there pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so A Star Is Born remade three times in America. Sure, the original way back when. Never seen any of the originals. 
Yeah, I do have the three originals. The uh, 1954 version on Blu-ray. I decided not to watch it for this. I wanted to keep this pretty pure and stick with the most recent version, which I knew was the only version we had seen. Sure. We already discussed all of the old versions on our Give Us a Second episode Don't from need last to do fall, it. a preview of coming attractions. So if you want to hear me just run through <laughs> the stars of all the old versions and what years they came out, you can listen to that. I don't feel like doing that again. No. We're focusing on this version. This is one of those movies, too, that's just like, I, I don't care that there's three other ones. I mean, I'm maybe interested in them because of the content and I like the story, but it, to me, it... it, it has nothing to do with there being three other movies that have the same name and same general premise (laughs) it's different when you don't have any prior experience with something like if uh, okay so the last iteration of this was like mid to late 70s okay if they remade jaws a movie you've seen a million times you'd feel differently about the remake right but since you never had any experience with the originals it's like who cares yeah this is my a star is born which is really not my mom's a star is born yeah, which is the ideal way to do a remake, is that your audience has really no attachment to anything exactly, else. Exactly, yes. And they tend to only remake movies where there's a strong attachment, because that's the point of the remake, exactly, is like yeah, a build so an audience. Exactly, yeah, that was kind of a nice shakeup. Speaking of remakes, I felt like we probably weren't even tough enough on the Pet Cemetery remake on the recent... Do you think we should have been like trashing it harder? The more I think about that movie, the more garbage I think it was. There was parts of it that I liked, but right, yeah, we're, we're not I mean, going. It's it. mostly bad. Okay, that was a makeup call for that. Give us a second. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to get that on the record. Set the record straight. <laughs> yeah, it is. I do think people are probably like, man, these guys spend a lot of time like second guessing the content that they put out there. Well, if this is the first episode they've listened to, then yeah, we right. don't do it every time now. Yeah, we used okay. to do it. We used to do it a lot more. Right. <laughs> Every episode. Who would have thought we'd make it to 136? Oh, yeah, <laughs> now we're just like, well, we're definitely going to get to episode 300. There's yeah. just no question. Absolutely. We're just going to keep pushing through. <laughs> no matter how few listeners we have. Or how many we lose along the way. It doesn't matter. Yeah, people were like, you know what? I was with them up until they kind of gave a a mediocre review to that Pet Cemetery remake. You know, that's <laughs> bullshit. That movie was terrible. Right. <laughs> Fuck those guys. It's like, oh, man, if they would have only listened a little longer to hear that correction. <laughs> I think sometimes, you know, you go to, like, the big theater. It's loud. It's exciting. It's We saw that in the Dolby, so it was, like, in your face huge. Yeah. You kind of get sucked up in it. I think sometimes you and I... I was excited about the remake of the song. It, yeah, well, I think we're both guilty of trying to will things sometimes to be a little bit better than they are yeah but it's it's stupid though because i rewatched pet cemetery 2 recently yeah and i can defend how that movie sure. even though it's so terrible and I think dumb but there's like a charm to it people might be confused too when they listen to the show because sometimes we like are like yeah that movie was okay that that movie's mediocre but then there's other movies that i think people would watch and be like wow that was a hunk of garbage and we were like that movie was awesome I think that's happened. Well, probably. I think I think that's probably true of almost anyone that talks about movies or is a critic of true. movies. Okay. You'd be surprised at how wild some people's reviews of things can be. No, I get that it. differ yeah. from what people would expect. Or a bad whatever. lieutenant port of call New Orleans comes to mind. <laughs> like a ninety percent. Right. I have a theory about movies and movie criticism and opinions on movies which is more with a lot of things, especially like a bad lieutenant port of call New Orleans. It's yeah. more about wavelengths. 
Okay, yeah. If you can get on the right wavelength of what the movie is, True. what it's trying to be, what it's doing, yeah. You'll understand it and appreciate it in a way where if you can't if you're just not on the same And there's definitely like wavelength a, with it. A grading on a curve thing happening, I think at times. Well, maybe, but I just mean like and it's the, it has nothing it's not like an insult. It doesn't mean like, "Oh, you're not smart enough okay. to understand some yeah. movie or whatever." It's just like some people are going to watch David Lynch stuff and be like, this is fucking stupid. Okay. It doesn't make any sense. It's dumb. I hate it. And to <laughs> I me, think that happens, yeah. David Lynch is like the best director. True. Like, he's my okay. favorite. That's true. It's just a matter of like appreciating different things. I do think David Lynch is hard for people. Uh, I do think like some people would listen to the show and be like, we're that way. Psycho 2, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. Well, we're not like Quentin Tarantino. We didn't say Psycho 2 was better than Psycho. That's true. That's which fair. he says. Okay. So, I mean, Tarantino is another one who has wild opinions about things that are all over the place. I think the more you get into movies, like, you know, like I own, like, what, 1,500 Blu-rays in here. The more movies you see, I have access to, like, 10 different streaming channels, all these Blu-rays. We go to the movies all the time. The more stuff you see, the more nuanced your opinions become. Yeah. You get more specific on different things. And that kind of takes you farther from the group think of like the 81% of the garbage critics okay. that they allow to say that Captain Marvel is good or whatever, you know, on Rotten Tomatoes what or whatever. What would happen if Once Upon a Time in Hollywood just had like a 20% on Rotten Tomatoes, just got trashed? I mean, it would be weird with Tarantino because he's never, I don't think, taken a beating from the critics really. Yeah, this will be the first time since the, you know, the controversial Kill Bill stuff, which led to like, the digging up of the old interview right. about the Roman Plancy So you think that could and, come out a little bit in some of the reviews for it? I don't well, think the way that people virtue signal through their movie reviews now right. That's is what I mean. just out of control. So I think maybe we wouldn't even buy it as much. Like We'd be able to explain why there were so many bad yeah. reviews. I it. mean, there's a lot of reviews now where it's like, I know this movie is not that good, but it's important. At a certain, that kind of thing. I've seen that... I hate to like single out Captain Marvel after yeah. I just trashed it a second ago, but like there are reviews like that that are like this movie is a mess. It's not very good. The dialogue isn't good. Blah blah blah. But it's important. Ninety eight percent. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it right. gets like a. It's considered. It's marked as positive, and it's yeah, like yeah. it basically tells you how bad the movie is, but it means something to have a female superhero or whatever. And it's like, well, all right, but that's yeah. you know that doesn't make a movie good, right. and it's just. There was that a- happens more and more, and it's like, well, if you have a controversial figure, I don't know how controversial Tarantino will be in that moment. He went through some controversy for some of his comments he did in an interview with Freddie oh, yeah. Sinellis, which That's is right. another yeah. controversial character where he basically <laughs> talked about, I can't even remember like that movie uh, that Ava DuVernay what, what was okay, her I first thing? Selma or whatever. He like trashed that. He oh, trashed gotcha. like a bunch of other stuff. And people were like, well, he's like a racist and a misogynist or whatever, just because he didn't like certain movies, which is like the culture we're living in now. Sure. You have to like certain things or else you are a racist or a misogynist. And maybe I was wrong for doing this, but at one point I did hold like Rotten Tomato scores to be like a standard in which I, I would No, be like- it's garbage. You have to like click on it now and yeah. go in onto their website and then click top critics sure sure and they get rid of all the bullshit ones that they just let in yeah recently. now at this point i mean you know it's been this way for at least four or five years i would say and even that is it still doesn't yeah, mean anything it, right i mean first of all 
the amount of movies that are in like the 80 90 percent yeah it's it's weekly that one of those movies is coming out now yeah i mean i'm sure we are recording this prior to most of the avengers endgame reviews coming yeah. out i'm sure that will be in the high 90s they've done no wrong the avengers yeah movies. the you know there's a lot of theories that disney you know still kind of pays for good reviews i don't think that they do it directly but they okay yeah big studios know how to treat critics in a way where the critics are going to be more inclined to give a positive review it's hard to give a movie a negative review if they send you a couple of the stars to interview and they're being That's real true. nice to you yes. and they're charming right because they're movie stars they know how to act and then like Brie Larson's sitting here right now yeah Captain Marvel was great it's my favorite <laughs> right and all of a sudden you know glowing reviews or whatever the and one, that happens the one all the time great thing about not having an audience at all is there's no pressure to give in <laughs> Sometimes movies come along that are culturally significant, and then they're also really good, like Get Out. And A Star is Born, the topic of this episode. Right, which I consider like A Star is Born should have won Best Picture last year. I think now, in retrospect, I I would say Get Out probably would be a good choice for the previous year. Whereas, I feel no obligation, though, to pretend that Us was like some masterpiece when I think it was... A disaster, really. Right, okay, yes. And that's probably a controversial opinion because it seems like people still pretend they like it, but I don't know how that's possible. I liked parts of it, if that counts for anything. (laughs) It doesn't, so shut up. Right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so enough chitter-chatter. I think we probably got a lot to say about A Star is Born, so we should get into it. Directorial debut of Bradley Cooper, the third remake of the 1937 original, it went on to make $434 million worldwide on a $36 million budget, and I don't think that's factoring in DVD Blu-ray sales, which I'm sure are going to be very high for this film. I will say... Huge hit. Bradley massive Cooper, hit. unbelievable job directing for me. I think his directing job outshines his acting job in this movie. I've heard rumors that it was saved in editing and all oh, that wow. stuff, but that... that when people say that stuff, I'm like, well, what does that mean, though? You're still it means that everything that was shot. there. Yeah. It's just like they trim stuff out or okay. whatever. Or, I mean, who well, knows? Well, supposedly like Tarantino's films, the brilliance is in the editing. <laughs> yeah, like he doesn't do it, but... Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes certain directors shoot a lot of stuff. I do think, I, I will say, I am often pointing out where I think movies should be shorter. For me, this movie could have been like three and a half hours long. <laughs> I see. I don't know about that. <laughs> well, hold on, because at I, a certain point, I'm kind of like, all right, well, let's get to the end. Well, here. they do rush through a lot in this movie, though. There's a lot that you just have to sort of like make up in your head as to what happened in the time in between. I feel like. sure, yeah, but I mean, I don't know how much you wanted to be like dragged down by the minutia. Yeah, you want to kind of get the, the I, highlights. I kind of wanted this. to see the fall a little bit more than what you see it's funny like there are a couple of incredible performances highlighting this and a lot of strong supporting performances the music is off the charts good which is what makes the movie the cinematography is great it looks great and yet there are a lot of problems with the story oh yeah there's a lot of things that don't make sense right and not just because like oh they're acting like people care about music which is hilarious but i'm not even counting that because you can just say like this is a a timeless fairy tale that could sure. take place in 1976 or 1995 or 2005 yeah. or 2018. It doesn't matter when. 
It's just the story of an older musician and a younger. Okay, to me, a I'll buy of, that. Right. A lot of the movie's not strung together all that cleanly. It's It almost feels like a bunch of scenes smushed together. Right. And it, it, you're never really clear on how big of a star Jackson Maine is, how far that star has fallen, and when and why. Exactly. Because it's hard he to opens wrap your the head movie around. playing a, what looks to be a big show. Absolutely. And, I mean, he's flying people out on private jets just, like, in a one-off instance. Yeah. That's and major stardom for me. In what seems like less than six months' time, they're acting as if his star has fallen That's so right. far. Yeah. And it, I, it doesn't really make sense. Especially not the way that we treat actual rock stars because there are so few of them now because yeah. rock music is not really popular anymore. Like, so he's going from playing like Coachella to like playing that shows that the girl in season two of True Detective is playing in that bar. <laughs> <laughs> no one there. Zero tickets sold. Yeah. Okay, so let's say that one of the closest correlations you could possibly come up with is like he's playing almost like a solo version of like Eddie Vedder. Rather than like Pearl Jam, anyway, okay, yeah, or something like that. So, when's the last time Pearl Jam had like a hit song in reality? <laughs> it's, I mean, what like Last Kiss? I don't know when was the last <laughs> hit song. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, I it's been that, over. Like it's been like twenty years now since Pearl Jam had a song that was like a semi mainstream. Yeah, like a top single. forty hit that they're playing on yeah they just radio? it, it yeah. kind of goes beyond the x you would say right like, okay it kind of yeah. has some staying power like it's you. been yeah. like 20 years at least and yet there is no scenario where like eddie vetter would be treated like a joke even in 2019 sure and pearl jam still plays like arenas right because rock acts don't tend to lose their following i know and... i wanted to bring that up because well they never really say he loses his following though it's more just like they start it's almost just implied because of the Grammy sequence. Well, but even leading up to the Grammys, they're like acting like some shit has happened. He's like, yeah, playing these corporate gigs that it seems like, and this is inferred, but it seems like he isn't really doing this gig all that willingly. It's more of a, I don't know, a choice. And then, you know, they make a big deal about him getting replaced as being the lead for the Roy Orbison cover they're going to do. Yeah, that feels believable more than the perception around him which is like he's this fading star but you never actually see it right i could see like a scenario where he's like an older guy and they're pushing him out for a younger guy and that's symbolic of like the whole relationship with ali okay but beyond that it's more just like the reaction around that yeah is that like this is a guy that's in total crisis career-wise is his career actually falling apart though i don't know Do it doesn't seem like movie? it yeah <laughs> he could take this what my point is like if he was like an eddie vetter or if he was like kings of leon or foo fighters sure. or whoever like the biggest rock acts of the last like decade are he could take five years off and then come back and right. people would still be into it because that's it just it's it doesn't work they make a big point of differentiating pop music and like this rock country that he does. And the main difference is that rock music is not like pop music. No, no. Where it, he, you couldn't be like Ariana Grande and take five years off and expect your career to be the same when you come back. That's just not how pop music works. But rock music, his career could be exactly the same in five years. True. Because the fans and, just kind of stick with you. And the types of shows that he's playing in the first half of this movie definitely 
make it look like a Pearl Jam, a Kings of Leon, like these bands right. that play big shows all the time. And yeah, it's hard to imagine. I mean, Kings of Leon did basically have their lead singer like was like drunk at a show like several years ago and like he left in the middle of the set. Like it was a disaster. <laughs> They're still playing huge shows. Yeah, I know. And I get that it's a movie, so they have to like kind of simplify things and get to the point quicker, but there really is a disconnect between what the reality of this person would be versus sure. what's happening on screen. Yeah, and that's what it's hard. You, you have to kind of make it up a little bit as to what all gets you to the point we're going to. Right, because they reference like he's had a 20-year career. At one yeah, point, they say like bars. I mean, he's not small time. Yeah, and they say like, oh, he went to Europe in for the, the first 90s. time as no 2004. Oh, 2004. Which was, I was like, so that's even. Yeah. So you're saying someone who was big enough to tour Europe in 2004 and is still like seemingly like a pretty big deal just loses everything like overnight. Right. It just would never happen. Yeah. I mean, it's, unless it's there's crazy. some sort of like Rocky Five situation. <laughs> Or like a me too. Like there was like a bad investment, a crooked accountant somewhere. Let's start at the beginning of the movie. (laughs) Well, I just wanted to say like, this is the type of film that you almost never see nowadays in that it's just this big, flashy Hollywood production. True. On a $36 million budget, which Which doesn't seem like a lot compared to like Marvel movies, but for something that's not a superhero, not a Star Wars, it's just like, we're going to spend $36 million on an R-rated movie. That doesn't have anything coming into it beyond just the fact that, okay, we have Bradley Cooper First time director. and Lady Gaga. Yeah, it turns into this huge hit. It gains all this momentum. It's big success. And it is kind of disappointing that it didn't lead to more Oscars. But ultimately, the way that we feel about movies should not just be defined by stupid award things. And I think this movie ends up mattering more than almost anything else that came out last year just because... It was such a big hit, and I think, especially to like younger girls, I think this is going to like carry on forever. I think so, yeah. And Lady Gaga has such a big following, and if she continues to be like a pretty big pop star over the next like five to ten years, like this movie will constantly be cited as like this huge thing. This solidifies her as someone that will be in the public consciousness. For the next like couple decades, probably because it's like this is the Barbara Streisand true role. Like this is something that like is a big deal in the moment, and this movie, do you from think, all accounts, is way better than the Barbara Streisand version. Do you think this propels her into more of an acting career than she was? It already could on? if she wanted yeah. to. Now she's such a massive music star. I know she does some acting and has it's a certain tricky though when you're not playing yourself they pull a lot from lady gaga's story right to make this make sense and work including the stuff about her nose and her appearance and all that stuff which i do think is stuff that people told her in her real life yeah they, yeah they turned that into the story but say if she was like they want her to play like i don't know a real person that like amelia Earhart, you know what i mean like right. i don't think she could just take on like <laughs> acting yeah yeah you know, or she's going to do like an accent. and You know what right. I mean? But yeah, she could definitely be a movie star. I would say she is a star. She probably would struggle in terms of just being like an actress. I don't know if she can just take on who's like the best. Like, I don't know if she could be like a Meryl Streep. Right. You know? Okay. 
But we may have witnessed her one and only big chance at winning like an Academy Award for acting. I don't know. Sure. Maybe okay. she feels like maybe a supporting actress, if she sticks with acting, that could come up at some point. I don't know if she's going to be the type that can deliver we'll see. a huge performance, but it's possible because she is very naturalistic and believable, but she also has that star quality. She's got the big voice, the big features, like her nose. Yeah, and it, well, she looks like the you know that's like common with movie stars is to have big facial features because okay. you gotta like project on a huge screen in a theater. She fit in. She didn't look weird. And her and Cooper have like tremendous chemistry from the beginning. Absolutely, which would have been mean, a huge concern going into this. You know, the more time I've had away from it, speaking of the Bradley Cooper Lady Gaga chemistry, how much of that stuff outside of the movie was put on? as intentionally to get more of a buzz around the movie well it didn't seem like it really picked up until like after the fact when yeah. they were doing the award circuit together yeah i mean I, I think even back to the press tour there was a lot of it going on see i feel bad for her in the sense that she's not used to doing movies right. and i could see a scenario i'm just making this up but i could okay. see a scenario where she's i'm good with that feeling it for real oh wow and he's an actor and he's worked with Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. He's worked with lots of, you know, he, in that movie, he's just not that into you. He's, like, groping and making out with Scarlett Johansson, like, in her prime. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's <laughs> used to this. Right. Like, he has to be an actor, and he has to deal with actresses all the time. Yeah, I definitely think... I, and I, he's the director, so she's, like, I, taking well, off his advice. and all that. I could see her being, like, really into it and him being, like, well, this is my job. I think he was trying to construct even more of this whole aura around the movie. Yeah. Even leading up to the performance at the Oscars, mm-hmm. where it's like that video is released where he's at her show in Vegas and comes right. on stage. Like, Obviously, I think that that was just like a practice run for the performance at the Oscars and was, was planned. But Yeah, I think if, if they wanted to drum up more buzz about this movie when it seemed like the tide was turning against them winning major awards, they probably should have done that earlier. I it would have got maybe they should have, but I, it, it doesn't change my mind that this wasn't all like a put on for buzz. Yeah, it's possible. I think the rumor. I don't know if this is even current rumor, but I know she was rumored to be dating Jeremy Renner at one point. I don't oh know wow! If that How really about that? Happened. I had always heard he was gay. <laughs> <laughs> I never heard that. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if that's even true or not, or if that well, is good over. for him. That and seems her, like that was really. a while ago. Yeah, the original remake talks began in 2011 with Clint Eastwood to direct. Beyonce was going to star, and it basically just got caught in development hell. Beyonce gets pregnant with yeah, Blue Ivy or whatever the baby's name was. You right, know? right. And let's be honest. I mean, I know Beyonce is like a queen, and everyone Absolutely. loves her. This movie would have been fucking horrible. Yeah, with Beyonce. I'm, she's I'm a terrible actress. Everything she's been in is been she's been terrible. Even, I'm in. not. I, I you know I'm not picturing Clint Eastwood having the vision for it. That and he's like, yeah, he's a very like let's get it and go right. one take. Well, I've said bef- I've said this, and before. I think this movie required the nuance to build up the relationship, the well, chemistry. Hell, I one of the things that I've said about this movie all along that has made me enjoy it even more was how into it Bradley Cooper was. How involved he was at every level. Like, I'm going to direct it. I'm bringing all these different people to be involved with, like, the music pieces of it. I mean, right. It just seemed like such a massive undertaking for him. Yeah. 
So with Eastwood still attached, they approach Christian Bale. They approach Leonardo DiCaprio. They approach Will Smith. They approach Tom wow. Cruise. Yeah. All of these people heavy hitters are the biggest stars, but you're not sure if any of them could pull off the singing and the guitar. Right. Yeah, especially Tom Cruise, which seems oh, really man. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know though. I mean, it's really hard to say what these people would have been like in the role, how different the movies would have been. Eventually, Cooper does American Sniper with Eastwood. They hit it off. I think Cooper was in his last movie too, The Mule. That's right, yes. And I guess to get this thing going, Cooper takes over and he's going to direct it. He's going to star in it himself. And he had to like convince Warner Brothers to cast Lady Gaga, which seems crazy to me. Well, because there was a time in this industry where being a big star was being a big star and it didn't really matter like you know they put sting in movies like dune and shit like sure sure being a big star was was enough and lady gaga i, get, I don't though, think you get bigger than that i get that they would maybe like you know gawk at it for a second because there's a lot of risk there too i mean it just feels like yeah but who else would it be i mean i guess you, there's some actresses that can sing yeah so you could you could go off of it doesn't have to be a pop star, well, which I guess changes. Listen, my as soon as I saw bit. the trailer, I mean, I, this is for me, one hundred percent dynamite. <laughs> like <laughs> they were on the mark with casting Lady Gaga for this. But I think I don't know. Sometimes you hear it in a room and you're like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I probably could have done a little more research. I'm not sure how Cooper came to this whole thing of wanting it to be her and. You know, they sang. Who else like, he had in mind? They recorded a song together, like a video yeah. of them singing, and showed it to the Warner Brothers people to convince them. And, you know, obviously they knew she could sing. She's going to be a better yeah. singer than any of the actresses sure. they could get. Yes. But, yeah, could she do the acting? Could she be convincing in the part? And I guess that's probably why it made sense to tie in a lot of her origin story into the story of Allie so that. It would be natural for her. Yeah. And believable. And it ends up working. And shockingly, everything goes right, as you said. I mean, he brings in the people to do the songs, and the songs are great. And they do a rewrite to update the script that's been updated several sure, times. Yeah, and a million times probably. He brings a certain kind of enthusiasm to the directing because it's his first project, and he's willing to try a bunch of shit. And he takes influences from tons of different people. Some he's worked with, some he hasn't, but he's probably an admirer of. Because you can see little nods to, like, Scorsese. Sam Elliott comes on board in the perfect Sam Elliott role. <laughs> in a role that makes zero sense. Right. And they have, to, they have to explain it <laughs> so, so many, many goddamn times. times. They hit you like, over the head with it. Yeah, it's a little heavy-handed. Because there's no conceivable universe where Sam Elliott and Bradley Cooper are brothers. It's, just, it's so yeah. ridiculous. Okay. Yet yep. you know he wanted Sam Elliott to be in it. and it's They make it work. Yeah. And it's clear that he wanted Dave Chappelle to be in it, so they come up with this role, which again, what's the connection? Doesn't there? really make want, sense. It, I don't know. I think I watched something on the making of for it, but I, I can't remember at this point. I guess they read a bunch of different people to play Lady they, Gaga's dad, and they end up with Dice Clay. Right. And I mean, you know, everything kind of just works in a way that it could have been a disaster, and yet it isn't. We saw that trailer well in advance, and we were instantly on board absolutely excited. every time that trailer played it, it was my favorite moment of the night <laughs> yeah i remember first seeing lady gaga talking about this movie on her like instagram and social media oh wow like probably 
a year before it came out or even more and i was like a star is born See, this was, and i was i didn't even associate a star is born with streisand i associated no. it with judy garland oh, for wow. some reason even though i'd never seen it no and i was just like oof like when i saw she was saying dude, oh, like wow. yeah it was like a star is born oof like i was cringing and it was like you, bradley cooper's directing it i was like oh no no idea about any of this see the trailer come on and i think like very early in the trailer it says like from director, director bradley, bradley cooper, cooper yeah you know, that was my first oof moment i'm like yeah i don't know and then like you know, I don't even think I was realizing that it was Lady Gaga in the first couple shots. I'm like, yeah, who is this? She goes with like darker hair and no makeup. Well, some makeup. The the no makeup right. makeup. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I mean, obviously she's still wearing makeup, sure. but like yeah, the the look of no makeup and she's very like naturalistic. And you're caught off guard by what this even is. It looks incredible like and you first see right the, off the bat the bradley cooper it does like the look of it is incredible i think we've talked about it before how it almost has the look of a, a terrence malick movie where you're just like, which again he's never been in a terrence malick movie but i'm sure all not all but i'm sure a lot of first-time directors are like i want this to look like a terrence well malick yeah because it looks amazing and you're like how do they even get this look yeah but when bradley cooper first comes on screen and he kind of has this country rocker look to him i'm like oh man i don't know about this you know but like as the trailer starts going and you start uh hearing some of the songs i was just like i think i'm pretty in on this i was in the first time i saw the trailer because i knew immediately that the songs were good yeah i was like these songs are gonna be good and that's what is gonna carry this movie no matter what right it's like if they can get the songs good we know that lady gaga can sing so even if the movie's like a c minus yeah it's going to be carried. We're going to have like, a good time. It's going to be carried because of the music. And the movie's way better than a C minus, even without the music. But yeah, I think you could tell from the trailer that A, it's shot in a way that looks amazing. And B, right. that there's chemistry between the two leads, which between the chemistry and the songs, that's really all you need. And you can kind of ignore all of the other little weird things that get in the way throughout the movie that yeah, are yeah. kind of strange. Hey. What? I just want to take another look at you. Okay, so <laughs> this episode's gonna be like three hours long. I like the opening right off the bat. You get that handheld Same. camera from behind. Great opening to the movie. It kicks in. They come up with kind of a perfect song. It, it almost feels like a Black Keys type song or something, you know? Yeah, I think it's called Black Eyes. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah and it's probably the best solo Cooper song, other than maybe the one he does at the. Yeah, the acoustic the, one that he does. Yeah, at right. the uh, bar later. Yeah, and it, it's just... Maybe it's time or whatever. I can't... I don't, the names of the songs sometimes I kind of don't remember. At some point, I want to talk about something, but we're not quite there yet. But I, I will say it kind of leads into it because it seems like he's playing it like a music festival here. Well, he filmed it at Coachella. Right. This scene. Exactly. Yeah. And I think within the context of the movie, he's supposed to be at a California music festival. It's supposed to be in L.A. because... I this think is Coachella I would take yeah. like two hours plus maybe to get back to where they are later in L.A. Okay, yeah. And I don't think that time, that much time is supposed to have gone by. All right. I think it's supposed to be vague. He's just at a place. It is vague. There's a lot of vague moments because I, I don't know. When he gets back in that car, I was just like, it feels like they're only in the car for like two minutes. But yeah. I don't know. We, I, I don't think he, that they drove all the way back from Coachella and then he run, like he's only then getting a drink. Okay, I think right. the idea is like he needs a drink like right away. Sure. And I think they leave that vague because if you don't live in California or you don't have it explained to you about, like, the logistics of all the L.A. stuff, then, like, 
it doesn't mean anything to you as just a viewer in exactly. middle America. It's and like, I it's talk just about a place. This. Yeah. After we go through a couple more scenes, I want to talk about the location a little bit. Yeah. It's, it's strange because even the first time I watched it, I was thinking like, okay, well obviously Andrew Dice Clay is living in Long Island. That- Exactly. I mean, I keep thinking I, like they, sh- they're going back to New York Same. over and over, and I'm like, no, it doesn't make any sense. Well, that's I know <laughs> and, because like, and believe me, they never say that. That's not something wrong with the movie. That's just right. where my head goes. Same. And I even like the Lady Gaga <laughs> character to me. She feels like a New York character. Yeah. I, I don't know what maybe. I'm I mean, off I think you're there, supposed but... to just maybe take that they've relocated at some point because they're not really hiding their accents. Right. That much. And I mean, the, Andrew Dice Clay and his friends even like yeah. you know is. Even when they pull up to her house, I'm thinking that this is like Staten Island or something, you know, like then the next thing you know, he's like picking her up at her house and like driving her on his motorcycle to Arizona. And I'm like, how is this happening? (laughs) Okay, so, yeah, I like this opening where our introduction to Jackson, man, he's, you know, drinking and doing the drugs, going onto the stage. It's it's very believable looking. It looks cool. He looks like a rock star. I mean, he's really like shredding on guitar. And you know, too. almost immediately, this character. You're like, this is a guy that's being propped up by booze and pills. Oh yeah. To get through this, you can tell by his like weathered, tan skin who he is. He's he feels out of time, really, tan, because it seems like yeah. more of like a '70s rocker. Right. I do think he has kind of a weird look with the skin a little bit in this movie. Uh, yeah, he was getting spray tanned every day. Yeah. Apparently for this. How is that not blackface? I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it does How is spray tan not considered yeah. blackface? Uh, have we have we had a tweet about that yet? Now his face looks shiny to me at times too. Now, they were doing stuff with like menthol to make his eyes like bloodshot looking. Right. Okay. And, and different things. Yeah, well when I was talking about this to Lindsay actually, she was like, Well yeah, you know, alcoholics have shiny faces. And I was like, Is that true? She's like, Yeah, didn't you ever see like Bill Clinton, his face was always shiny? <laughs> I was like, oh, Weird wow. example. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of got that greasy, sloppy. I mean, he's getting the drink on his beard and shit. You sure, can tell, like, sure. you know, the showering may not be regular. Regular. I mean, he's living kind of a shitty life, really. <laughs> okay, yeah. It's like stage, car, hotel, or plane. Stage, car, hotel, or yes, plane. Yes, yes. And over and over and over. He's getting steroid shots in his ass. He's got the tinnitus going. Oh, yeah. It's like, it seems kind of like a mess. After the show. The driver, Phil, played by Greg Grunberg, one of a couple of people who pop up in oh, yeah. the movie who were in Alias with Cooper back in the day. So he was oh, bringing wow. some of his old I didn't pals realize back that. in. I didn't realize Bradley Cooper was on the show Alias. Yeah, that was like his first big. Oh, wow. I'm not sure if he was on it the whole run. Okay, I never really yeah. watched it. Well, I mean, I would think his first big was Wet Hot American Summer, of course. Yeah, that's true. Although I don't know if people were considering that a big <laughs> right. at the time that Alias. Was yeah, out. I recognize this guy. I mean, he was on Lost. I think he was on Heroes too. It's like he did he just make the circuit of all those yeah. like J.J. Abrams the ABC shows? Yeah. stuff. <laughs> so they're driving around, and this is the first introduction of this tinnitus, like the ringing in his ears, right. which I'm going to be honest, they could have gotten rid of. They I mean, never really. They really love to pile on. Sure. Well, th- we're going to get to that. A lot. They never really fully developed this, so it's like. I think we're going to get to the whole Jackson Maine as a victim narrative that they're really pushing throughout this movie that kind of gets annoying after a certain point. Sure, sure, sure. We cut to Allie, and this was the first real moment of the movie where you're like, all right, well, let's see what she can do. Let's see what Lady Gaga can do. And she's doing that cell phone bathroom breakup. Yeah, yeah. It was Um, a little over the top, but 
this was in a way gr- that's acceptable for yeah. this kind of movie. I don't love this part. It, it kind of came off a little bit dumb to me, but I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm in still. You I know, feel like oddly enough, and I'm not sure if we'll ever get confirmation of this or not, but it feels like a lot of scenes that Lady Gaga is involved with feel improvised. Yeah, you think? What if she was really breaking up with this Roger character? <laughs> <laughs> Which, how do you feel being that guy? You know, I mean, the, first of the all, it would desperate... be disappointing to be named Roger. Sure, but then you kind of can feel what he's going through, though, even though you never hear his voice because he has like the desperate wedding proposal, <laughs> <laughs> the marriage proposal. Yeah, I mean, I think you can project any kind of backstory onto Roger that you want. I kind of got the impression that maybe he was like a rich asshole who was married. I don't know why I thought that. I can see that. He doesn't really yeah. say right. anything like that, but. I feel it too. She feels like the type of girl that in her position of trying to break into the music industry would probably get associated with tangled up with that kind of shitty people. Right. That are kind of just, you know, not treating her right. I'm seeing that. So she has this food service job. She has to take the trash out. She's singing those lyrics from somewhere over the rainbow, which is like it's from a verse from the song. Which is not even in the movie version of The Wizard of Oz. It's in like the stage version, I think. Okay, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. You don't really if you recognize look up lyrics, words, right? It's not in like the lyrics that you would associate like okay. from the movie. But um, it's from a different version. Maybe a little bit of a nod to Judy Garland here. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Okay. The other person most famous for singing that, besides Judy Garland, is Barbara Streisand. Ah, Those are the okay. two most famous yep. versions right, makes of the sense song. Then. And then this is where we get the main title. Yeah, like this, the red letters coming up. Now, first time in the theater at this part, I'm You're getting chills. Up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> getting chills. <laughs> You're already in tears. I'm like, you were in tears several times oh, yeah. during the movie. Well, I remember there was like a bunch of people like pulling out their phones, like putting that part on Instagram. Were <laughs> they really? Yeah, like when oh, the God. A Star is Born, it's like coming up on the screen. That's terrible. Yeah, I was going to do it if you weren't there. <laughs> <laughs> so back to Jack. He's in the car being driven by phil and he's this pursuit of booze and if you notice really closely here out the window where they're stopped at one point there's like a billboard framed in the window and it's like three nooses okay right next to his head all right (laughs) a little foreshadowing yeah for i mean i don't think we need to let our listeners know that it's gonna be major spoilers oh right (laughs) i think the you know the movie's out on blu-ray you should probably rent it it was a major hit if you haven't seen it then i don't know what you're doing and it's not even listen and the ending is not different from the other three versions which have existed since 1937 so i mean come on get with it right (laughs) i didn't know anything about a star is born and yet i knew I guessed what this ending was going to be, but after seeing the trailer a couple times, I was like, yeah, I can kind of guess where this is going. Well, yeah. Okay. So they end up at this drag bar, and this guy who turns out to be Allie's friend, he I guess he works at this bar. It doesn't seem like he performs there. I, or no, he's just, he's her friend from right, the right. other the yeah, food yeah, service place. Co-workers. So I guess he frequents the bar because Allie goes there to perform. Yeah. His name's Ramon, and my, my big question with him was he just knows who Jackson is. Well, that's so the big discrepancy. Yeah, he's between... a big enough star that like everyone, because rec- he gets recognized later at the cop bar and the supermarket. Exactly, yeah, his song is playing at the cop bar. Now, I think the cop put that on the jukebox. I've lived right? yeah. through a moment like yeah, that on a much right. lesser scale, which, which was we won't talk so about cringy. Here, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I almost like pulled a muscle. I was cringing right. so hard in that moment. <laughs> 
So yeah, I mean, this is our first indication of how big of a star he is in this moment, and I think the whole thing with Ali seems to play. Well, it's out not just him either, like by the year, way. Right? The, the staff of this bar all recognizes him too. Right, but I'm saying like this whole thing with Ali plays out in like a year, right? You it's would interesting. Say? If Eddie Vedder walked <laughs> into this bar, this do you think that all these people would recognize Eddie Vedder? No. So let me say a for year. a third time. About a year, right? Well, is how this all plays out. You're the king of time. I, I mean, well, I'm, if you were guessing, yeah, beginning to end, how long is this process? Because yeah, uh, they talk about her rushing through sure. the album and everything. Yeah. Maybe between a year and two years. I mean, the, even okay, even if you want to go years. blow it out to right. two years, okay. you're saying from this moment where he's rec- he comes off stage at a huge show. I don't even care and being recognized yes. by everybody. Somehow he's at the point where he's like a public pariah even beyond the incident at the grammys which we'll get to that later the grammys thing but even besides that okay, they're yeah. already acting like he is a detriment to her career sure sure and yeah, an embarrassment it, it doesn't make sense to me i mean e- even if you talk about the one year mark she records an entire album i understand that they rush it out but recording an album certainly takes time there's a part later in the movie where they show him recording again with his band and she's singing and they almost allude to the fact that it seems like maybe they've released some duets together yeah it's hard to get a, a gauge on how much time yeah, yeah. By, but okay, it doesn't seem you. like it's that much time I exactly this would be like if Mick Jagger dated Ariana Grande right and people were like Mick Jagger is like a, an embarrassment it's like yeah he's an old man but like Ariana Grande is going to need another 30 years before she could even be considered in the same universe as the Rolling Stones. I can't, you can't. I, <laughs> it's just like they're already throwing his whole career away because she has a hit song. I don't know how you could make a comparison to a real life scenario you can't. like this. There, there is no real right. life scenario to this. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> if Lady Gaga, when she was first getting big in like 2009. Lady Gaga does who would date she guys that you'd be like, who the hell is this? No, I know, but like if she was going to date someone that was established in 2009, like if she was Allie, sure. Who would that even be? Right. I don't even know. Well, but let's like, even if say... she dated like Steven Tyler from Aerosmith. Well, Lana Del Rey dated Axl Rose for a while. Oh, wow. But I mean, neither of those would even, they're not even equivalent to this yeah, yeah. at all because Lana Del Rey was never that Performing big. on Saturday Night Live. Well, she was, and she was horrible. Oh, wow. <laughs> Remember that whole thing where she was, like, really bad? I was going to say, as soon as I said that, I was like, I feel like maybe she did perform. Yeah, and it was like a, it was like a disaster. really big disaster. Wow. But, no, like, the whole thing is, like, there is no – you can't even – Yeah. It's it's too weird. All right, we're going even way if Lady off. Lady Gaga, like, in 2009 was dating, like, a mildly successful, like, country star, I think most people would find that – not that Yeah, she weird. does seem to... I mean, it's hard to find anyone who's even in her class of superstar at sure. this point. Right. We talked about Jeremy Renner, and it's like, well... Yeah. That's those the two, biggest person she's dated, though. Why don't like, you compare the, those two bank accounts? The per, Well, the people that she's dated before him were way less famous. Right. I mean, the one guy may have been really rich, but the other guy was like a guy who was just on like Chicago fire or some show on NBC. It was like some nobody sad. (laughs) Well, it's just like, she has dated people that are like nowhere near her fame level. It does seem like every time they break up, it's like the dude like couldn't handle it or whatever. It's like, well, yeah, no kidding. He's like Roger. (laughs) And Allie was not even famous. Yeah. (laughs) Lady Gaga's like, no, I don't want to marry you. Are you crazy? (laughs) 
So Jack's got to like duck into this drag bar to get a drink. He doesn't realize it's a drag bar at first. Yep. Ramon's like leading him in. They're kind of just talking or whatever, and Jack is like realizing it's a drag bar. He doesn't really care. He just wants sure. to get drunk. He seems like a cool dude. And they're doing like different drag performances, but they let Allie do a performance even though she's like a girl, which I guess is like a big deal. And yeah. She does La Vie en Rose. Really fun performance for me, I think. Yeah. She's really belting it out, too, you know? Yeah, and she's blowing Jackson away. I think there's a moment where you're supposed to know that she recognizes yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. So she kind of makes this beeline for him, right. and his interest is definitely peaked. And, of course, Ramon knows her because they work together, so he brings Jackson backstage after she's done. This is one of the first scenes where I'm like, you know, I, I'm not... I'm not saying it's necessarily the acting, but the character, I mean, he just comes off as so well, Yeah, this scene is bad. If it was just, you just saw this scene and nothing else, I'd be like, is he, oh, he's terrible. is there like a mental right, problem exactly, happening yes, here? Right, exactly, yes, I know. He seems, I certainly want to keep it PC, but I mean, like. <laughs> we know what word we're thinking Exactly, yeah, that. so that's all we'll say. You're like, what's going on right. with this dude? You do that often? Do what? The, the show. Yeah, yeah. The girls are so nice to me here. I mean, they would never normally let a girl sing at one of these shows, but they always loved my voice. They used to beg me to sing. It's an honor, really. Get to be one of the gay girls. Is that your real eyebrow? Um, no. No. I I, ma- I make it out of tape. Oh, so it's like stuck on? Mm-hmm. Can I try to take it off? Uh, yeah, sure. It's incredible what they do. Look at that. Oh, <laughs> yep, there, there it is. I should put her down somewhere. There okay. we go. Why are you covering your eye? Oh, just because I don't have my eyebrow on anymore. Oh, no, no, no. Like, the whole point is I can see your face, yeah. Yeah, there we go. Why did you come back here? Your friend brought me back here. I'm glad he did. Come buy you a drink. Oh, I I I got a change and I I've got paint in my hair and. Oh, that's not your real hair. Are, no, no, my hair is like your color, but oh, um. Okay. I paint it with this. Makeup. Oh, I'd love to see what that looks like. I'll wait for you. Um. Yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, if, if you want to wait, I'll come have a drink with you. Sure. When Ramon brings her back, her response is, I thought maybe that was you. Yeah. As if she, A, recognizes him, which we've gone over already ad nauseum, but B, as if she like knows him personally. It right, was right. such a weird thing to say. Whatever. So Jackson's having a hard time grasping the fact that her eyebrows are fake and that she paints her hair and all of this stuff. The idea being he's interested in what she really looks like and who she really is. Sure. Which is different from her previous experiences within the music industry, which she'll tell us about later. Right. But there's immediate sparks between these two characters, and there's a chemistry going on here. Based on when we're recording this episode, I'd like to compare this to Daenerys and Jon Snow on Game of Thrones, which, you know, in their end of season seven, beginning of season eight love story, which has 
zero sparks and right. you're like are they even remotely interested in each other are we, like <laughs> are we're supposed to believe they're in love now yeah <laughs> it's really weird i was like john has more romantic chemistry with sansa who he thinks is his sister or with sam <laughs> well yeah definitely <laughs> so jackson goes back out and into the stage area after they've closed and yeah. some of the i think this part is kind of just like a quick scene where it almost feels forced that they're throwing the song in here but I like it, you know? It, yeah, because it, it's definitely in contention for second best song right. on the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. They do play it twice. It plays again during, like, the tour montage. Yeah. A bit. So he does Maybe It's Time. It's great. It's from the one trailer. and Yep. So you're you're already into it. And he invites Allie out for a drink. He knows, like, a cop bar that's still open. They go to this place. This is where we get the famous, can I ask you a personal question yeah, scene, yeah, yeah, which yeah. we loved. Uh, oh, right. Do you now, write your own songs? I'm like, is that a personal question? Well, sure. I mean, you know, one of my big sort of letdowns for this movie, obviously we've talked about it on the other ones, but I love in the trailer during this conversation where she proclaims that almost every single person she's ever met says they like the way she sounds, but they don't like the way that she looks. Yeah. And the fact that they ch- that, that scene didn't make the cut of the movie and it's it's different was a big kind of bummer for me but i still enjoy this scene overall yeah she gets it's way more specific about her nose and of course the i just don't feel comfortable why wouldn't you feel comfortable that whole interaction dynamite for me yeah there's a lot of emphasis in this movie on lady gaga's appearance and her looks does she look like a pop star i it's something that she clearly struggled with in real life i I don't Well, she think, overcame, I'll tell you that. Right, but I don't think you're going out on a limb as to like what the deal was with all the weird shit she was wearing earlier in her career and covering her face. She okay. Was, she wasn't quite like at a Sia level, but you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. Like she was constantly wearing weird shit, right. which often covered her face. Yeah. I think she had been told these things because she didn't have a Britney Spears look. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think Lady Gaga is pretty i mean I no we're gonna we're getting to the, okay. the reality of it right, but right. like i think that that's definitely real that people told her that she doesn't oh, i'm sure she doesn't have the traditional britney spears christina aguilera face okay but she has defining characteristics and yeah i think both you and i find her to be incredibly attractive yeah i've always thought she was attractive and you know, I've always been kind of obsessed with her look, but <laughs> I think she looks even better in this movie than she ever has. I think she looks unbelievable in the movie. So yeah. it's even harder to believe this there, story. There's a cuteness to her, I think, in this movie that y- you don't quite get with her normal. Yeah, I think the idea is that she's going for that more natural look. Right. And that looks even better on her than the other shit that she sometimes does or whatever. But whatever. It's a harsh reality of how the music industry was when she was trying to make it. Right. Back in like the late 90s, early, well, maybe not 90s, but into like the earlier part of the 2000s. Like, how old is she? She first finally put her record out in like 2009, but leading up to that, you know, she was yeah, trying yeah. to like sell these songs to Britney and different people like that. Right. And, you know, I think she was being rejected. Not because she couldn't sing, and not and not because she couldn't write songs, because she writes a yeah, lot, I mean, all she's of her own stuff. An amazing singer, but I think there was probably people that 
weren't into the look or whatever and didn't think she was anything special. And I mean, clearly she's proved all of those people. Uh, wrong. So you think there's probably like some old, some music execs that were hanging themselves later on down the road. Well, a missed opportunity here. Yeah. I mean, I think that that probably applies to most music people because I think the, I, that whole industry is sort of, yeah, it's not a money fucked. maker for them anymore. It's a strange scene when you go from the context of thinking like, what is she talking about? She's a hot chick. But I guess my point is like, I think this is pretty real though. Okay. Yeah. I think this is based I'm with you. on her specifically. Cause if they would have cast somebody with a small nose, I don't think they're saying the same things. Right. The lines are going to be different. Yeah. Yeah. And so in order to make, that would be funny though. <laughs> if there was a character with just like a completely I can understand. normal nose. Jackson May's obsession with her nose, though. I mean, you remember me after we saw that movie Beautiful with Javier Bardem. That's right. His wife and that. Wow, what a had pull. a big nose. Yeah. I was like obsessed with that nose for like years. How many people that. listening to this episode have seen the movie Beautiful? Spelled B I U. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I like that movie. Isn't that Inuritu? Yes, it is. Or is that Quran? It's one of those. I two. was thinking it was Inuritu. I can't remember which of okay. the two, but I I like that movie. Yeah, yeah. It kind of was forgotten about pretty quickly. But anyway, the female lead in that right. had a big nose, True. and they talk about the nose in the movie. That's right. And I loved it, and I've always loved Lady Gaga's nose. So this scene was like for me. It, it is. I really. This is like stuff I would say. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, I'm obsessed with your nose. <laughs> Do you think it would go over as well as it does for Jackson Maine? No. <laughs> I'd be arrested immediately. Right. This is the first time Jackson's like, everyone's talented. Everyone in this bar is talented. Because he, he's telling her that you are talented, but you need to have something to say. And that's what He's really obsessed with this when it comes to her specifically. Well, I think you can, when somebody constantly says something, it's like, well, there's probably like a mirror situation going on. Yeah, too. yeah. He's always been concerned with this for himself. Right. Especially when we get into the whole voice stealing Yes, which is a big part brother. of the, the story and kind of, I guess, like the backstory. But I don't know if I ever fully buy this with the Jackson main thing because he, he doesn't really feel like he does have anything to say. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, we don't really get a whole lot of time to experience his That's solo true. work. Yeah. <laughs> and he's also at a point where he's like drugged out and yes. drunk and he's supposedly a fading star on right. the, maybe the end of his career and she's supposed to be this up and comer. And he's saying like, yeah. It's great that you are talented, but you need more than just the talent. Yeah, yeah. So this devolves into a whole situation where she ends up punching this cop. They get into it with this guy. Yeah. I mean, if you're on a date with a girl that you just... Well, not even a date, but you're like hanging out with this girl that you just met, and you're like kind of interested, and there's a situation where she punches an, uh, an off-duty cop. I mean, is there any scenario where you're like, this is something I'm going to stick with? Well, I think I'm going to see it out for the night anyway <laughs> it just seems like a major red flag which is played yeah. for comedy in the I think, movie yeah for sure but if, it's like this is like a wild fucking move if she straight up decks a cop i i think i'm trying to like sneak out of there <laughs> I, I don't want to be around for where this is headed so then they go to the supermarket they want to get like frozen peas for her hand and this whole thing and the only thing i can really say about these scenes now like I said earlier, with her solo scene in the bathroom breaking up with Roger, this scene in the supermarket again feels very like ad libbed. 
almost like improv. It does. A yeah. lot of the scenes with her feel very like natural. And I don't know if there was just like, hey, this is the script, but you don't have to get it exact. We're just going to have a conversation and we need to make yeah. it feel real. I do get the vibe that there was a lot of that going on here. It leads to this performance from her that's very naturalistic feeling, which I don't think a lot of people would have expected going into this movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that you were going to have like almost an indie feel to this to some of these scenes sure. in a high-budget Hollywood movie right. with Lady Gaga. I do think that they do a good job of building that chemistry slash tension of that first night hanging out with someone. Yeah. I think that is well captured here. Well, this spills into the parking lot at the supermarket, which, of course, becomes the iconic scene of the movie. They're, yeah. they're the first part of it. The second part plays out on stage later, right, right. eventually. It's, like, separated, but they're kind of a yin and the yang of one song yep, yep. that they're going to do together here. And it's this abandoned late-night thing. It's an opportunity for Jackson to dump all of this backstory onto Allie where we first start getting this idea of this like tragic figure with his father who was like an old man who yeah, like yeah. knocked up like a teenager who right. died in childbirth and he has this older brother who's like 30 years older than him yeah yeah just everything that's like wrong with his life and everything and you're just like oh boy yeah <laughs> she's like you know what I'm, I think I'm good if well, he's not I'll... famous and he's telling this stuff to her how well, that would be like a red flag the right. other way, for yeah. sure. Where are you from? Arizona. Arizona boy. Mm-hmm. Dad had like a midlife crisis, I think. So I've been told. Made his way to Arizona, started working for uh, his family on a pecan ranch. A pecan ranch? Yeah. Knocked up the... Family's daughter. She was just shy of eighteen. Uh oh. <laughs> That's when I came into the picture. Okay, the yeah. son of an eighteen-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she died at childbirth. And my dad. I'm um, sorry. He uh, he died when I was thirteen. So I guess my brother would tell you that he raised me, but uh, I don't know who was raising who. Just 127 acres. Uh, Nuts, Navajo, and nowhere to go. Tell me something, boy. Aren't you tired trying to fill that void? Or do you need more? Ain't it hard keeping it so hardcore? Is that me? That's you. You just write that now? Yeah. It's pretty good. I'm falling. <sighs> In all the good times. I find myself longing for change. 
I started writing this song the other day, and maybe that could work, like as a chorus or something. I have to think if I can remember it. Uh... I'm off the deep end. Watch as I dive in. I'll never meet the ground. Crash through the surface where they can't hurt us. We're far from the shallow now. Holy shit. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> What's this supposed to help me? Can I tell you a secret? I think you might be a songwriter. So she starts singing these verses that I guess she's coming up with on the spot. Yeah. To go along with this chorus that she already had. And this is the song that will become shallow. And again, there's a lot of suspension of disbelief in the sure. song construction. We don't know if we just don't see them working on this song because it does seem like there might be some missing hours before I, I, he drops her off. Right. So maybe they came up with okay. more of this. Yeah. But it all, like somehow the next night they just know the song, which is crazy. Yeah. But it's, whatever. It's completely insane. So he's like, I think you might be a songwriter. If you hadn't seen this movie yet, at this point, based on what we've said about the plot, it's like, how cringy does this sound? Oh, right. It, it does, yeah. Up to this point, this movie is awesome. The first like hour, hour 15 of this movie is off the charts good. For sure. And fun. Yet, it, just the description of it, you're like, I think you might be a songwriter. I know. Well, that's, Lots of nose talk. You're of like, line, what is this? I know. I mean, some <laughs> of the lines, even the first time we saw it, I thought some of the lines played as like, real cheesy there's a certain amount of cheese i do think that that's probably to be expected I'm okay in a movie it. like this sure. like a big budget movie that they're trying to appeal to the most amount of people possible right so then they drop ally off we already talked about this this is where i made the note about sense of place it's really hard to gauge where anything's happening because like like we said when they drop her off it, i'm like oh yeah this is new york you forget that right. everything else was in know. california yes and you're instantly like all right so they're dropping her off in new jersey yeah. or something <laughs> yeah uh, but they're not right this is supposed to still be la so I guess. keep it yeah but they never say that it's funny it's true they rarely ever actually mention that they're in la i guess they do maybe once or twice but like and you see stuff that you know is in Clues. la yeah they're at landmarks yes so you know that they're in L.A., but they don't hammer it home. So, like, I do think that there's supposed to be kind of a universality to this. Like, this could be any city. It makes sense that it's in L.A., or it would make sense in New York, or maybe, like, Nashville or something like that. But, you know, they don't, you don't really think it makes beat sense you like over the head. Cedar Rapids, Iowa. No, but, <laughs> but they never beat you over the head with, like, where they are. They sure. only mention, like, Arizona at one point okay. when they go there. And then the rest of the tour dates are vague. Like, right. they never say anything. You know, it's all just kind of happening. Now, of course, we get the scene here. I just wanted to take another look at you. Right. You know, which, look, the scene from the trailer, obviously, when you talk about Cheese Factor, there's a lot going on here. But they use it effectively when they bring it back into the movie later on. Yeah, and I, I think do think it's sweet. 
one thing that I do love though is after this when he sort of rolls up the window and he's just sort of like, I think I fucked that up. That part to me plays like so real. I mean, yeah. how many times have you felt that in your life? Now, did you think that they had sex that night and we just didn't see it? Because I never got that impression. No, I didn't think that. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, there's like a certain amount of earnestness that you don't usually see like in a modern romance, but it's more like a timeless thing. Like some of the dialogue, I'm sure it's not pulled directly from older versions of the film, but it would almost seem more in place in like a 50s or 60s romance or something. That's true. But I think some of the lines could be references to older yeah dialogue. and i think like older scenes we're supposed to just kind of get swept up in it because as we've pointed out the timeline is very accelerated so right. we're moving fast we here. need to yeah. say the cheesy stuff on night one I mean, yes, we need yes. to get into it so we see ali's dad played by andrew dice clay and his little group of friends some familiar faces they're all like okay, drivers yeah. for right. dice's company and then we Cut back to the prep of the next show, and this is where we first see Sam Elliott as Bobby, Jax's older brother. We've talked already about how ridiculous this is. I don't it think is. we need yeah. to harp on it. He really just wanted to have Sam Elliott in the movie. So there you go. Because he's doing his voice. I don't care, though. <laughs> he's doing I, the I'm Sam Elliott voice. Yeah. yeah, and I'm always on board for Sam Elliott. And right. Sam Elliott got his first Oscar nomination for being in this movie. Oh, Wow. I'm pretty it sure feels he like he's only, been... you know, I know he's a character in the movie. I mean, I th- it feels like he's in five scenes. You watched the Oscars. You don't remember he was nominated? I know. Well, it's just like, you know, so many things. I was remember. lighting a candle. Yeah. <laughs> for uh, Wade Garrett. That's right. Yes. <laughs> Jax is trying to get Allie to come to his show that night. And he sends Phil to like get her. And she's like, no, I have to work. And she's not doing this. But Phil just like hangs around and. This all, I'm going to try to speed through some of this stuff. Allie ends up quitting her job because her boss is a dick. So her and Ramon end up going with Phil on this private plane. And they make a joke about it. But, I mean, my first reaction was this is kind of creepy. That he just was, like, following her from her house to her job and just, like, waiting and being. She keeps saying, like, no, I don't want to go. Yeah. And he's just like, no, I'm going to keep staying, though, because you're going to come. <laughs> And then she's like, all right, yeah, I'm coming. Right. So they go on this private plane. Again, to me, this is lavish. This is signs of a huge star. Yeah, and from the plane to having his driver, and then like when they arrive there, there's other people that are like his people that know what's going on. They know who Allie right. is. They know they're getting her to the stage to be present. So he's playing the song. I think it's called Alibi. There's really a sense of a believability with these shows. And oh, yeah. And Bradley Cooper's believability as a performer. Like, they never zoom in on his fingers if he's, like, hitting notes and stuff. But right. he looks the part. He's selling he it. the part. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, it's hard to imagine another actor pulling this off. I, I always feel that way. I'm never, like, great at, like, substituting I other people it. in. I get it, yeah. But for this role specifically, Christian Bale, I feel like, could probably do anything. And it's just a question of if he can actually sing. Right. I feel like he could look the part. And he could be convincing. Yeah, I just yeah. don't know if he could sing. The other three, like DiCaprio, Smith, and Cruz, are all way too big of stars. Yeah. And you would just be distracted. Cooper is familiar face. We all know him. I think he's great. I thought his best performance ever was probably Silver Linings Playbook. But right. he's been around now. He's been familiar for the last decade plus. Yeah, yeah. So, definitely since 
the hangover but you know i he first really jumped out at me at wedding crashers which it now is like 15 years ago yeah but like as a villain yeah so like he's a star but he's not like that weird level that we just went to with like will smith tom cruise and right Leo DiCaprio. for sure and that would be like a lot to deal with trying to have them be a believable rock star in yeah, this yeah. part it would just be tough the show is kind of like ending and then jack brings Allie on stage and they're gonna do this song that they just worked on the night before briefly worked on she, she basically just sang it to him and freestyled like, a verse and then put it with a chorus that she had written previously presumably he's only ever heard this once and, and he's somehow a, has a whole a drunk, arrangement a drug addict it's all like the <laughs> like mid hours of the night and he is like recalling all of this and putting a whole arrangement around it. right so you either have to suspend disbelief or which we're willing assume to do. that they just didn't show them right working on it because okay it's still pretty dark when they're in the supermarket parking lot and then he's dropping her off and it's like light out basically yeah yeah so there's some lost hours okay could have worked on the song it's true maybe he was <laughs> like you know what i can help you write this and then they're gonna put the music to it because to me what even gets crazier i'm willing to even go with like you know what he remembers the melody to the verses he kind of remembers what she said and he's writing his own verse around that and, and even the chorus part but like then when they go to like this bridge part where the music raises and she's yeah. singing like harder and going higher i'm like how the hell and then they're doing they're oh, like yeah. singing like in the show how do they know this is all happening yeah i know but I'm in, I, though. I think, yeah, the audience definitely is like swept up oh, yeah. in the epicness of right. this moment, and you're just like along for the ride. Yeah, You've pointed out a bunch of times, though, it's like he pulls this girl on stage and everyone's like cheering. Well, we're going to talk about okay. that plenty yeah. over right. the next like couple, the next like half hour of the movie. Okay. It's a lot of like, is, <laughs> would the audience really be this into yeah, it? Yeah. At this point, it is like a fairy tale because she comes out and she crushes. It's so unbelievable. I mean, I could see the crowd getting into this because her performance is like right. So, but like the way they always play it is like as soon as she starts singing, you get right. like a crowd yes, cheer yes, noise, yes. and you're just like, really? This is the first time in the film that paying customers at a show are really enthused for a new music and b an unknown performer that they don't know who it is. That's right. And this just escalates as they go because eventually he's having her do the encore by herself without him even being there yeah like he'll walk off stage and then she'll do that i'll always remember us this way which is a fucking killer song sure but these people in the audience don't know who she is and they don't know what this song is i would be fucking annoyed band playing a new song at a show one of those things that sounds better than it is it's like no one really you want to hear the songs that you know especially if it's the encore and that's like well, it or whatever. that part is exceptionally ridiculous so after the show, they're at the hotel, they're riding high, and she's like, I got to go to the bathroom. And she's like, <laughs> she's literally like wiping okay. off her armpits and like her vagina. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which is very like a real. I'm sure, yeah, there's moment. some realism to this. Yeah. But like when she comes back in, he's passed out. So then she goes. And talks to Ramon, which right. he's it's caught up in some other movie. We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what movie he's in. Right. <laughs> so he's like in a different room. I do love when he's just like, go rub your titties in his face or whatever. And wake <laughs> him up. Yeah, that's what like gay people assume. Yeah, yeah. Is like heterosexual sex. Just rubbing titties <laughs> and faces. Right. <laughs> and you know what? They're right. She comes back into the room and Bobby is in there putting Jack into bed 
basically like a child because he's just a passed so, yeah out i guess drunk. bobby has a key to jack's room bobby says something like he ain't never brought a girl on stage before so you're supposed to get the implication that this is like something a big special deal. here is happening yeah and also he's like he hasn't played like that in a long time like yeah like really like all of a sudden he was into it again yeah like putting her over as being like this big deal especially in the context of not just her as a performer but them as like a potential yeah, yeah. romantic thing you're a big deal to him already so she sleeps in bed with him and this translates later into like a wake up fuck right thing which is like their i guess like their first time yes yes and it is kind of played up in a pretty interesting way where the first time you're going to have your romantic couple of the movie have sex is a situation where he has passed out and then she sleeps next to him. This and feels... then he wakes up and wakes her up and then they fuck. Yeah. I mean, it does feel like there's a degree of realism to that to me as well. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. for this specific situation right. that feels believable. But yeah, it's kind of a weird thing to do in a movie. Yeah. It's, it's just interesting. Not weird bad, but weird interesting. A unique take. Different. Yeah. So the next day, Allie's dad and his friends are obsessing over the video of her singing on stage, which is kind of a fun scene. And you get a very quick, the first of a few quasi-montage of like falling in love and him inviting her to go out on tour with him already. And he rides his motorcycle to her house and... There's like motorcycle foreshadowing, which is a fake yeah. out if you're familiar with the 76 version. And so they're kind of like playing that up like, oh, the motorcycle here. Well, yeah, and she's she like, you're, I'm never going to ride on right. that if you're yeah. drunk and blah, blah, blah. Which the, at, to that point, they hadn't really vocally addressed between the two characters that there's like some problems here. Now, she's watched him like slam drinks and stuff. And we can see certainly noticeable looks on her face. I don't get really why we have this all of a sudden leap to like her being like, I'm never getting on that thing. It it feels a little bit out of place. You feel like she's giving him too much shit already. Yeah, like she I, barely knows him. Right. <laughs> He's like giving her this huge opportunity and she's already like telling him Berating how to live his him. life. Yeah. <laughs> Typical woman. Right. But this is another moment where I'm just like. Wait, where the hell does she live? Because now he's ridden his motorcycle to come get her, and then they're going to take the motorcycle all the way to Arizona. But as we discussed, it's actually in California, so I guess this is not that big of a leap. Yeah. It still seems like it has to be a bit of a cruise, though. Especially with somebody like him leading the way. Oh, yeah. It's like, does he know where anything is? He seems pretty incapable. They go to Arizona. He tells her she's a natural songwriter. They write that song... I think it's called, like, Look What I Found or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, they're just, like, working on it at a diner. The funny thing about Arizona is that it's filled with ghosts of Jackson's traumatic past. This is, like, where the he's from. The farm was that he grew up on. Yeah, a farm that he bought for his brother that his father was buried on yeah, and yeah. all this stuff. This and, To me, this was, like, kind of a crazy thing to throw in at this juncture of the movie. <laughs> The whole thing where it goes with his brother. Well, yeah, you see this ha- play out a little bit in the trailer, and you don't expect this to be like the first like twenty five minutes into it. Yeah. yeah, they go to look for this ranch that Jackson grew up on before the show. They find out that it's now like a wind farm, so they arrive at the show, and Jackson's like flipping out, and he punches Bobby, just dropping him. <laughs> It's right. Like, I don't know. I feel like just lays him out. I feel like a punch like that, un- an kill, unexpected punch, like, would like, kill an old man. I mean, man. is Sam Elliott like 90 years old right now? <laughs> I don't think he's 90, but yeah. yeah. 
Don't you get tired of me? So that's rich! They turn into a fucking wind farm! Bought that for you. Where's his grave? He washed away in a fucking storm. His grave isn't there anymore. I've told you, but you were fucking drunk. You were fucking loaded. And already pissing yourself a swamp song. Fuck, you shed a tear for that piece of shit you idolized for no goddamn fucking reason. All that ever did for you was make you his fucking drinking buddy. And he'd be right there with me with still love, and you fucking know it. What did you think? That I was gonna fucking take care of it? Well, I'm fucking cradling your ass all over the goddamn world. Yeah. It's a good excuse. Raising a little brother so you don't have to deal with the fact that you were no fucking good. I was no good, why'd you steal my fucking voice? It's this big emotional confrontation between the two brothers right. with Bobby quitting. This kind of the, the relationship between these two is kind of an afterthought, but it does play out through the whole movie. Yeah, it's shocking that he's quitting and leaving the narrative this early because he basically does end up disappearing. Right. And it feels like this has been building up for a while. And basically what happened was a storm came, washed away their father's grave, which seems pretty traumatic. Sure. Everything was fucked up, and apparently Bobby told Jack about this and sold the ranch and everything, but Jack was too fucked up to even notice or care. It does or, seem or like something, though, if you knew he was, like, loaded, as he says, you'd never think to bring it up again? Yeah, well, maybe how often was he not? Well, that's true. <laughs> I get it. But, like, what did Allie get herself into? Because she's just standing there watching this play out. Right. And you're like, and again, like, okay, they barely the know show. each other. Yeah. And you're just like, okay. Right. But, like, whatever it is, she's in it because now they're just, like, life on the road. We get montage of performances. They're doing different songs. Yeah, he's bringing yeah. her out on stage. And as we mentioned, it leads to an Alley solo performance to close out a show. And it's, like, again, would the crowd just be like, okay, to roll with this? I, I, I can't imagine that. Yeah, yeah. It's a wild choice. But this is the debut of Always Remember Us This Way, which is – the most underrated jam on the album, and okay, I'm kind of surprised wow. it never had know. a run. I was thinking, why'd you come around here with an ass like that? Might be the no, most that underrated. Song sucks. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. You want to know? I was listening to the soundtrack on the. I feel like the that song's here. intentionally terrible. Well, that's what I think about most of the Alley songs. Like once you get to the. Yeah, but is there other examples of that? She has a few th songs on the soundtrack that are just from like her pop career. I may now, not have listened to all of them. So I was listening to the soundtrack on the way here, and like, there's a song called Hair, Body, Face or something like that, <laughs> which I... I don't remember that honestly, one. Honestly, the, the, this whole time when that track would come up, I was thinking that it was one of the interludes, like a, a skit or a scene or whatever. And then I was listening to it, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is a song. And it, I mean, that one is terrible. Yeah, I mean, is it like making a statement about 
pop music in general. Well, that's what I love. Like or, when you hear like you know these people from the Ringer, or, like whatever, when they're like, <laughs> yeah, they're talking about like, is the Alley character supposed to be like a good pop star or like a shitty pop star? And you're just like, <laughs> they're all shitty. I mean, <laughs> like, doesn't mean that you can't love it. Well, yeah, it's one of those things where people are like assigning way too much meaning and rather just just letting it be an entertaining story. Right, right. But whatever, we're, we're skipping ahead. So. <laughs> This is the first interaction with this Rez Gavrin character. Yeah. Rez is such like a pompous douche. Yeah, it's it's a little over the top. He's like way too super villainy almost from sure. the start. And of course they give he's a guy with like a British accent because they need to like differentiate this guy immediately. Right. They need the audience to focus in on him and be like, "All right, well this is going to be the issue." Because her head is spun immediately by this, which makes sense because he's offering her a bunch of shit. The idea that she knows who he is is, I guess it's if you're yeah. trying to break into the industry, maybe you know who these guys are. Yeah, because, well, yeah, it doesn't seem like he's even like a producer. He just seems more like a it, manager. Like a or tour something. manager, but he almost has nothing to do with Jackson's well, career. Well, if you notice, like he, before he talks to Allie, he's there in a scene very quickly. Right. In the background. So it's like he is along for this yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's like. But you know, what role he, is he playing? He, he obviously point? considers Jackson to be like a total joke, so it's like, dude, what are you doing here all the time? I know. <laughs> Pretty quickly, Jack slides back into just being drunk all the time. Because right when he first asked her to be out on tour, he's like, I haven't had a drink in like a couple days and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. Like when he first rides her to Arizona. Yeah, right. And then without really much ceremony to it, without really – highlighting it he just kind of slides back into it initially he's a little jealous of the res stuff but i think ultimately he is happy for yeah i think think ultimately supportive it's kind of a tough spot for him to be in because there's going to be this protective nature just instinctually plus everything that she has at that point in the music industry he is responsible for in a certain certain way now granted she does have the talent and the ability, and given the right set of circumstances, she could make it on her own. I'm not saying she couldn't, but he provided the right set of circumstances. Yes. And he's like, well, we're doing our thing right now or whatever. But, you know, he's not like a dick, though. He no, doesn't, I think he doesn't do really a- do anything in this moment to, like, stop it or I anything I think they like do a that. good job of making it, of portraying it in a way that, yeah, he's, like, kind of happy for it, but at the same time, he'd prefer to keep things the way they are. Yeah. Pretty much without even a transitional scene, we cut immediately to yeah. Allie already recording a track. This is Look What I Found, the one they were working on in the diner. Yep. She's having trouble doing it, like hitting her, like the time. Now he's there for these recording sessions. Rez and some worker at the studio are just yeah, like, like a annoyed. generic producer. Yeah. But like Jax is there. He helps her out by bringing the piano into the studio for her to play it. Right. Because she was having trouble. Which I can kind of relate to. The first time I was recording music, I could not get that like timing right. Yeah, yeah. it's like you get so used to doing it with your hands, like playing it. That where are those to... tracks sitting right now? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, there were a couple of the Lost Years, the All About You albums. Yeah, there were some good tracks. We recorded some good stuff. Is it like gonna be like Juliet Naked? There's like a dedicated. <laughs> There's a couple of base. obsessed fans right. out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly in the uh, CCAC parking lot. That's line. right, yeah. <laughs> this is Allie's transition into pop music, which we've touched on and alluded to a little bit. Jackson goes 
alone to Memphis while Allie stays behind to finish her album. And while Jackson is alone, I mean, the drugs are back in full force. Sure, we get a scene of it. I mean, this... He's, like, smashing up that pills took it with to a, boot. a level that I wasn't really expecting it to go to, really, with the drug use. Like, yeah. you know, he's down in pills and stuff, and obviously, you know, we can see that that's a problem. He's smoking joints. But to actually, like, crush up pills with a boot and zoot them up, I like that they went there. I wasn't thinking that they were going to. And then we're reminded of his tinnitus, which flares up, which is kind of annoying. Do you think that this show, something happened here or not? No, I just think he... The build-up to it makes I it think seem the, like... I think, like, he's he's on this downward slope, and the only thing that prevented him from getting there quicker was her right but then he goes by himself and he's just like off the rails yeah yeah while he's doing this thing in memphis which i guess is like a corporate gig yeah ally is transforming there's really no sign of those like country rock roots that she was developing with jackson i mean she's clashing with rez over her hair color over background dancers but i mean you can see the direction that it's going. oh yeah i mean this is it's headed in a very pop-oriented direction. Meanwhile, as you said, I mean, we really don't know what happens, but it cuts to basically Dave Chappelle entering the picture as <laughs> an old friend of Jackson's. I guess his name is like Noodles or something. They never really say his name in the movie. Yeah, again, I mean, you, you just get the gist. These two used to play music together when they were younger. Who, I guess he lives in Memphis. So it works out. So Jackson has basically passed out drunk outside of Noodle's house, like on the curb. This scene it works for the movie. It doesn't really make that much sense. It I'm, seems a really random that he somehow found yeah. the house, but then like passed out just on the curb. Yes, it does seem like crowbarred in, and this whole thing is very strange because okay, so we have Chappelle and him interacting. I feel like Dave Chappelle probably says bro too much in those like first couple of lines. Okay, he yeah. keeps saying bro, right? And I was like, that's weird. Allie somehow shows up. How the hell did she find him there? I don't get because the whole either. thing back yeah. in California was like, "Where's Jackson? I can't reach him." And she tells Rez like to find him, and he's like, "All right, I'll find him." Yeah. And then you, he it just cuts to her showing up. In I Memphis. guess Rez knows the old friends. I don't know. It's strange. Yeah, I don't know. Unexplained. They end up eating dinner at the table with like Dave Chappelle and his wife, and Jackson cuts a guitar string off of one of Noodle's guitars and. There's like this guitar string proposal at the dinner table, and they kind of get peer pressured into marrying like right away. Yeah. And she just kind of rolls with it, and she's like, All right, well, I know you just disappeared and <laughs> passed out in Memphis, but right. I guess I'll get married. If you ever pull something like that again, though. Yeah, she's, not, like, she's like yelling at him a lot, and I would just be like, Fuck it's like, you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like, Well, you could have come. But you decided yeah, to stay. I begged you to come yeah. to Memphis to keep me under control. Seriously. I can't be by myself. The ringing in my ears. So. <laughs> my ears. <laughs> come on. My dad was so old. <laughs> my brother is also so old. Seriously. My mom is so dead. <laughs> this whole thing is weird, right? It yeah. feels very like crazy that they're doing this, even in the context of a wild romantic movie. But I have to say that like. A part of me still is like all in at this point because this is very reminiscent to me of like the free flowing 70s style filmmaking and storytelling. Yeah. It's kind of just this sprawling narrative now where they're going across the country. They're just randomly in Memphis. 
They're going to get married, and Dave Chappelle is a character. He's like, I'm going to get my cousin to officiate the wedding, and it's Eddie Griffin. Right. And it's just like, what is happening right now? And they're all of a sudden, they're getting married. I enjoy the wedding sequence. Uh, I'm yeah, it's great. They it do fun. that great close-up on her face yeah. with like the single tear. She's picking up Dave Chappelle's kid. Right. And this is like the last happy moment of the movie. It's the Truly climax happy, yeah. of happiness. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Back in L.A., they're at like the Chateau Marmont or something. Yeah. And there's like a billboard. <laughs> Which looks pretty ridiculous. The bi- Well, the billboard, from what I understand, is nowhere near that big. They like yeah, yeah. blow it up for the movie okay. to make it seem so huge. And it's just of her face, which you're right. I mean, what what would be the point of this billboard? Right. She's changed her hair color to like that coppery orange. Yeah. Which I guess is like a, supposed to be like a compromise. Because okay. even though Lady Gaga in real life has blonde hair a lot of the time, yeah, like yeah. her character doesn't want to have blonde hair. Right. Even though that's what Rez wants. So they end up with this like this orangey color. And Which looks way more ridiculous than if she just went with the blonde, I feel like. Yeah, I agree. Okay, thank you. And there's like tension between Rez and Jackson, but in this moment it's not fully spelled out yet. I guess from like the perspective of Rez, if you were going to play devil's advocate, which is hard to do because he's so over the top right. at times in this movie, but they feel like they have like a shooting star with Allie yeah. and Jackson, despite the fact that he might be a able falling to, star. Yeah. I mean, he might be able to sell a certain amount of tickets and get by with his career that he's had, but I mean, he's not really bringing anything Allie's else. about to take Rez to the next level. Yeah. And plus Rez has no association with Jackson anyway. He's not tied in financially. Is that clear? I mean, yeah, he's not he's not Jackson's manager. His manager was his brother. Why is Rez on tour all the time? Well, there's a lot of hangers on at those kind of places and industry people that will okay. show up, especially if it's a show in LA, which I think But obviously the one Rez was involved with Jackson's career early on because he talks about getting him to Europe. He doesn't say he got him to Europe. He no. says you went to Europe in 04. Okay, Jackson I, can't remember. I took that scene as like Rez was involved with his career. I never got that impression. No? It's okay. possible, but they never spell that out in my okay. opinion. All I don't right. think there's any clear clue that, that he's definitely involved with him. Maybe that's true. I don't think there's any you financial might... connection for sure. Okay. Maybe they worked together in the past, but certainly not now. All right. Because there's no warmth there ever in any of their Well, it's one of the things that has been weird to me. I <laughs> Well, you you apparently had a movie going on in your head that was different from what was on screen. Yeah, I mean, maybe I was putting some <laughs> things together that aren't necessarily Which is understandable there. because we've said, I mean, you do have to like piece things together yourself. Right. I just never got the impression that there was any business relationship. To me, it was two. feeling re- like Rez is like on this tour. I think he He's was at, at the one show. Shows. I think he was just at the first show. Okay. And Allie was on stage, and that's why he followed them. Okay. Because he was interested in her. All right. Okay, I can buy that narrative then. And I think he was just an industry guy who would know, because Jackson was a big star, so he okay. would know things about his career, like yeah. that he went to Europe the first time in 04 or now, whatever. I, yeah, now I understand that. Because Rez, the guy that plays him, is like 20 years younger than Bradley Cooper. 04. Well, no, but they said yeah. that Cooper's career is like... 20 years okay. long basically at yeah. that point and it's like well res wouldn't have he would have been like 10 years old or something you know well, what i mean yeah. like now, he wouldn't have been there at the beginning i understand for sure. that sam elliott is his manager but i was thinking res is more of like the studio connection guy 
Who knows? I, I mean, don't know. yeah, I mean, the intricacies of the music industry, it's possible that they've had some sort of dealings okay. or something, but I didn't get the sense that he was like any fixture in his life. Or okay. Any, yeah. I think he was following them on tour because the first time that Ali sings, he was there. And he was like, and then he's like, I got to like, yeah, meet with up with her after a show. Right. And that's okay. why. I, All right. Yeah. I'm okay. good with that. But yeah, they've kind of got this weird shit going on, but it doesn't spill over yet. And then we get the SNL thing. Alec Baldwin hosting. It's supposed to be the season finale. And she does that song. I think it's called Why Did You Do That? Yeah. And you, it's like, why'd you come around with an ass like that? Right. It's an insane song because it's basically singing about what I guess would be like a guy's ass. Well, yeah. That's the way I took it. <laughs> Not a lot of songs out there that focus on a guy's ass. That's true, which there is a need for. Yeah, I get that like, they, ladies are into guys' asses, I guess, but like, well, I think it's just kind of an odd song that would be like. I don't on know what the, the conversations were are, like around leading to like the songs that they were writing for this movie, but it seems like they wanted to have something that he could point to and throw in her face that is like, this is stupid. Yeah, I think that there's a certain vapidness that's intentional here. And people who take pop music very seriously, you know, loser nerds, right. are fretting over, like, not what to be confused is the message with the listeners here? of this show. <laughs> is the message here that they're, like, criticizing pop music? You know, yeah. what are they saying that only, like, country and rock is, like, real and you have to play an instrument? Are they, like, Ryan Adams talking to Mandy Moore or <laughs> right, whatever, yeah. you know, like, whatever? Oh, man, she writes like, her own songs. It's like, yeah, well, they're still stupid. <laughs> it's just a movie. Right. And clearly, Lady Gaga is a pop performer. Yeah. She did, like, basically what you could would consider, like, dance or disco albums for her first major thing. And yes, she she can play guitar and piano and writes all these songs, but like she did straight pop music. Now now she does kind of a blend where she's playing piano a lot. This and performance stuff. Do, though does look straight out of a regular Lady Gaga Saturday Night Live appearance. Yeah, I don't think she's ever had a song that was that dumb. There's okay, a certain right. dumbness to some of her songs, but I, I agree think it's with like tongue in cheek. I don't think there's been a pop song that's this dumb. Oh, I'm okay. sure there have. Yeah, Rico Suave <laughs> comes to mind. <laughs> yeah, I think her songs that are like a little bit tongue in cheek. This you know, is like, kind of like a Brooke Hogan type song, <laughs> like Paris Hilton. Yeah, Stars are blind. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Lady Gaga would be like, "Let's do this thing where we're gonna like do a takedown of pop music." Oh, right. It wasn't just pop music. It was like this very specific, overproduced, very vapid, very yeah. dumb shit. That didn't have the same heart and soul as, like, the shit that she had been coming up with. Like, you're not even entirely sure if she wrote this song. Why did you do that? Because you never see her write this one. It's true. I assume that she did. I think we're Because that's her style. It. But, like, you know, there's no big moment of yeah. her writing this in the movie. That's it's just a song I mean, she's shitting out on stage we, at SNL. We had the moment where he confronts her. Or not confronts her, but I, I guess he's giving her his... His one piece of advice that he has to give anyone, which is make sure you yeah, have something dig to say. down in your fucking soul. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you he does that when they're looking say. at the billboard and he's talking about her nose again. Because and... you didn't have anything to say. <laughs> you could it's just like, do like hours the, of imitating his line. That's the this. only thing that he ha that's the only thing that he actually does have to say. Telling pe other people that they don't have anything to say. Right. I think he's talking about the songs, though. No, I get so it. So we don't know what his songs are like, other than okay, Black yeah, Eyes and true. 
maybe it's time or whatever. Yeah. Which is a good jam. I agree. All of this is kind of happening very quickly. Leading into the whole SNL thing was the billboard stuff, and that's where he's like, you got to dig down in your fucking soul. And it's like, I mean, at that point, it's like, dude, I think you're too late. I right. mean, there's a billboard. The album is done. She's about to be on SNL. I think the career direction has been yeah, decided right. at this point. You're Maybe you shouldn't have been passing out in Dave Chappelle's lawn. <laughs> at SNL, though, he reconciles with Bobby kind of unexpectedly. I don't really understand why he's there. He's like, oh, I thought I'd check her out. I'm torn with Willie or whatever. It's he's like, just able to get backstage yeah, at like, SNL. <laughs> the guy this who's guy... like the tour manager for <laughs> Willie Nelson can just be backstage at SNL. Right. It's like, okay. You know, one of the things that continues in this scene is the references to him losing his hearing, basically, from the yeah. tinnitus. I mean, he's like bending in. He can't hear Bobby talking to him. Right. To me, I kept feeling like where this was going is that like he's going to lose his hearing to the point that he like can't perform music anymore. Yeah. And it's like, well, I think that's one of the things that he can't come to terms with. Right. But, like, that's really never fleshed out. Yeah. I mean, they kind of, like, are just giving you a cocktail they of give you, yeah. bad shit right. that he's dealing with, I guess. So, from this point, post-SNL, the movie kind of accelerates pretty rapidly. Because then it's like, all of a sudden, she has three Grammy nominations, and she's this big deal. And I guess the, the idea here is that he is now really fallen on hard times yeah, <laughs> all yeah. of a sudden as a performer we get a pretty cool iconic very cassavetes style scene of this bathtub fight that feels like a long time coming oh, between the two yeah. of them because obviously he's annoyed with what she's doing career-wise and she can probably sense he's had a his few. jealousy and yeah. she's pissed at him for drinking and you know it's a whole thing and there's this rawness in this scene. I mean, she's naked in a bathtub. She ends up standing up at one point, for right. Christ's sake. But this rawness is unlike most other silky smooth, high-budget Hollywood this movies. This fight feels fucking real. Yeah, apparently she didn't even know he was going to call her ugly, and that her reaction is like genuinely mad. Yeah. And there's a lot of that realness because it feels... Harsh. Everything they say is improvised because at one point she calls him her boyfriend and he's right. like your um, boyfriend, your boyfriend. <laughs> and they just roll with it and you can kind of t- and she does that later in the movie too where she says something wrong and then like immediately corrects herself in a way that you don't really see in movies where it yeah. feels like she's just talking and then like realizing that she's saying the wrong thing so she's fixing it oh yeah well i mean and they just leave it in and it's like it just feels like two people interacting on like a real level here yeah and there's an impact to it when he calls her ugly i'm like whoa you know, you're like, there's, there's not a lot of going back now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, she she cuts deep, too, because she's yeah. like, she brings up the dad thing first. And so he gets, you know, he gets like pissed about that. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like a raw oh, nerve. Yeah. And so he flips out. They're nominated for three Grammys and it's it's fucking great. Thank you. How did you find that out? Bobby told me. He called, he said that. uh they want to do some Roy Orbison tribute. They want me to sing shit. Some like great. super groups thing. But the point is, you got nominated and it's great. I'm just trying to figure it out. That's all. <clears throat> Why what you, you come around me with an ass like that? What are you, you saying? Why you walk around lyrics? jeans? Why you want to come around with an ass like that? Yeah, that's that? my song. Yeah, what, 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 what about my song? I fucking listen to it over and over and fucking... Yeah, make any sense. 
Just keep drinking. That'll give you the answer. I don't answer. know. Maybe I just fucking failed you. It just you kills what? me. I'm sorry. I just, you failed yeah, me? Yeah, you're embarrassing. And it's just, you know, I feel I'm bad I'm embarrassing? For you. Yeah, I just, you know. I'm not fucking embarrassing. I just have to tell you're you. You're embarrassing. And you know what you're you, doing you know, is you're so embarrassed of I your fucking gotta, self you know, that you got to put me down. You're, you're ugly and you're not. I'm trying to tell you that. So you need to get all this fucking approval by all these other people. And it's, I I just, why can't approval. I just you be enough for like you? You know what I'd like is my, for my boyfriend to love yeah. me. Actually, for my husband yeah. to Who's love me. Who's your fucking boyfriend? You have a boyfriend? <laughs> yeah, I've got a boyfriend. That hurts. Yeah, I have a boyfriend. Call me your fucking boyfriend. You're my boyfriend. You're my boyfriend if you don't treat me like your wife. I don't even know what that fucking means. It means clean your shit up. You're fucking messy. That's what it means. Well, that's not true. Oh, it isn't? Mm-mm. Well, let's go. You want to be my drinking buddy? I want to practice. I don't think you could handle it. You don't? Let me see. You and you know why? Because you're too worried about what everybody here else is thinking. Go. You can't here even concentrate go, on one fucking thing. Dad, That's right. Yeah. yeah. You couldn't be my dad if you fucking tried. He had more talent in his fucking finger than you had in your whole fucking body. So don't even fucking go there about that, all right? That's over the fucking line. Why don't you have another drink and we can just get fucking drunk until mm. we fucking disappear, okay? Hey, do you got those pills in you're your pocket? You're just fucking ugly. That's hey, all. you got. I'm what? You're just fucking ugly. Get the fuck out! Get out! In the context of the movie, it's odd that they have this very big dramatic fight, yeah. and then like almost immediately the well, next scene they're I, making up. Well, true, but one of the things that's also going on in this fight is like he's basically like, "You're an embarrassment." <laughs> he was like, "I had such high hopes for like what you could be as a songwriter." Right, yeah. yeah, I mean, he's like, "I failed you," but I mean, that's the thing. And that's obviously is what sets her off. She's like, I'm the embarrassment. You can't even like walk. <laughs> I mean, you're just like in a stupor all the time. So he's spiraling. Apparently he's still drawing crowds. It's hard to say how far he could have realistically fallen. I feel like we've covered this enough. The next scene they're making up already. But of course, having that scene, the damage is already done. Oh, it's yeah. sticking in everyone's mind, especially the audience. The big thing is she's got these three Grammy nominations. It's going to be a big night for her, including Best New Artist, which is usually like a curse to win, but whatever. They invite Jackson to be a part of this Roy Orbison tribute at the Grammys. Yeah. And you can already, I mean, as soon as he gets involved in this, you're like, well, this is going to be a disaster. Oh, clearly. yeah. You can see where this is going. He's not in a good way. My initial take, and I kind of still feel this way, is that they over-convolute this thing. They don't even need to do this. They don't even need to have this Roy Orbison tribute thing. I know that they're trying to mean? illustrate that he's fallen off because he okay. was originally supposed to sing and then he gets demoted right, right. to just playing guitar. I get it. I get why they kept it okay. in, but I feel like it's too many moving pieces are going on with this Grammys yeah. thing. And I think they should have just focused on him being a drunken embarrassment, which is where the the big moment is at. Okay. So, what so it, you are saying like he shouldn't have even been performing at all? They should have just got rid of that. No, I think I it, will it, say, it, it like complicates what's happening. Because I was confused the first time I saw true. this movie. I was like, wait, what's going on? I don't think you need any of that stuff of like him being replaced. The thing I do like about the performance is the fact that he has to go earlier and like gets hammered there. And I like that she realizes it when he's performing and she just sees him like basically fall over on stage. Yeah. And she's just like, oh no. <laughs> like I do like that moment. Yeah, I mean, it sets up some decent stuff, but I felt like, and maybe I'm just an I do idiot, agree with but you, I was though. like, I was confused as to what they were saying about this. I never had the impression that he was like singing, and then like I guess he was, and then they demoted him. And That's then the thing, yeah. It it just was kind of confusing as to what they were trying to say. I, I mean, I I think 
upon further rewatches, I've gotten a better understanding of what was all happening. Right, and the fact that everyone acts like it's, like, so horrible, though, that he is just going to play guitar instead of singing, it's kind of like... Right. They're overdoing how big of an impact a lot of these events are, but whatever. So that happens. She knows that he's drunk. She wins Best New Artist. He's sitting with him. Halsey presenting, right? Yeah, a little cameo from Halsey. Jackson's drunk. His ears are ringing. He's more fucked up than we've seen him. Right. And he just like goes up. He's like walking up to the stage with her when she wins. Part of this, you you can hear him. His voiceover is like too loud at this part for me. Have you noticed that? Yeah. He's kind of like mumbling stuff on the way to the stage and it's like louder than (laughs) anything. At first he stops on the steps. Like he falls on the steps basically. And he's just like sitting there while her speech starts. Oh no, please wait there. I mean, this scene becomes like super cringy where he like gets up onto the stage and he's clearly like super drunk and oh, she yeah. doesn't know how to deal with it and then of course like they have to take it to like an absurd level where he's like right. literally peeing his pants i mean I, and then falling down i was not expecting it to go here <laughs> that's a big swing it's almost hard to get to bring yourself back to a level where you can be okay with the jackson character <laughs> again because you're just like i was like not that i mean it's not I like he shit his pants i mean peeing is not that bad I people mean, pee on fucking when drunk. TV. Yeah, I mean, it's embarrassing. I think people would have like a big moment with it on Twitter and I stuff. I think now, you know what? I think now in the age where like everything is like everyone's got an illness, like. Oh, yeah, people would be. Well, the initial like, reaction would be like, holy fuck, people would be losing their minds. And yeah. then it would be like, well, we can't make fun of this person with a dependency right. issue. And then like the recovery tour. You know, where yeah, it's all acoustic. Well, that's one of I my mean, that's oh, one of yeah. my huge problems with right. the Res character after this, which oh, I think is insane. Yeah, come on, VH1 behind the music, acoustic yeah, it's set, like, duet. Him doing with this. Allie. Oh my gosh, I would be losing my mind. Him doing <laughs> this and then her staying with him. Oh yeah, makes her the biggest baby face ever. Absolutely. The crowds are gonna love her. The way they set this narrative up just never would make sense. It right. just, in no era of music would this make yep. sense. At no time I'm with you. would this make sense. But whatever. I think they could have come up with a better way to have right. him derail her career than for him to pee his pants at the Grammys. I agree. I, I, that's embarrassing for him. It would have zero impact on her career, and it's hard to convey although, I that mean, it would. It is one of those things, not have an impact on her career, but have a, an impact on, like, them personally and like right but i mean i think res wants them to break up so the sure. impact on them personally is fine it's no, they're acting as if this is gonna hurt her career no i'm with you I, I just don't see that but i do think that yeah okay i'm just talking about like the impact of this scene on the movie and the characters in it because i mean you do like the whole thing with like her dad reacting so harshly to this i mean that obviously is like hitting home for me <laughs> it's like <laughs> I don't even want to know. Yeah, no, you don't. <laughs> oh, God. At this point, I mean, I would say, like, after the bathtub scene, the movie starts kind of losing me. It's a little off the rails at a certain point because, like I said, I, I'm not buying all of this stuff as much as they want me to be okay. buying it. They're selling it very hard, and you obviously when you see the whole movie and you see, get to the end you know what they're going for at this point in the movie i don't care about the career stuff with her though i'm just about where they're at with their relationship he goes into rehab he's going to be there for like two months the tinnitus is out of control this is where he reveals a previous suicide attempt where he was just shy of 13 sure 
tries hanging himself with a belt from a ceiling fan. They laugh about it. Yeah, it's played for comedy, which right. is pretty dark, especially considering it the is, age but, that you he know, says he is. It sets up, obviously, where this is heading. But beyond that, I, I also, watching the movie, I was like, wow, that's pretty crazy. I never... I guess I should connect the dots there, but I just wouldn't have thought that there was a previous suicide attempt. Yeah, well, this all plays into this very victim backstory that they wanted to give right. him, which I think detracts from the feeling of the it's movie. It's too much, yeah. Because I, I do think that in all of the iterations of this film, the point has been a fading star unable to really cope oh, yeah. with this idea and being in the way of a new star. It's like, it's not just self-pity of like oh i'm not the star anymore it's more right. like i'm in the way now because of my bullshit and but if like, anything they, they want to throw not... in all of these other things like he's got all of these other baggage issues it's of not... why he would want to well that's the thing it makes it feel like it's not really about this movie i was expecting it to be about the star being born <laughs> being the issue in their relationship and it's really not he was heading this way no matter what yeah I know. They go over the top of it. So, Allie visits. She remains super supportive. There's a question of whether I do think this is Jack a, is going to go home when he's done, yeah. which I don't know why she even brings that to up. To me, I think this is a good scene. This is a good cry scene for me. Like, I think he does a great... <laughs> oh, you mean for him? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, well, and for me, personally. But, I mean, like, his... You're just weeping through this. His whole... Like, him having, like, a hard time getting through this. I, I think this is, like... A great performance by him in this scene. I brought something. I want to know what this is. My love. You hiding love songs? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I was hiding it. I just um, started putting it down the paper when we were at home. I don't know, it just sort of fell out of me, I guess. None of this page. And I put it in here and I thought, I thought maybe you'd find it when, uh, when it came back to you, maybe. I found it. Listen, um, I'm, uh, I'm sorry, uh... It's okay. <laughs> it's okay, it's not your fault. I'm sorry I did that. It's okay. It's not your fault, it's a disease. No, but I embarrassed you. I embarrassed you in that. I'm not embarrassed of you. 
is so wrong. And then you, and then you're dead. My father loves you. It's okay. <laughs> I know, but I. It's okay. It's okay. He's super emotional because he's now been sober for a couple of months and he knows reality is sinking in as to like what happened. He was doing, oh, yeah. yeah. And obviously, I would say even more than the Grammys thing is the shit he said to her in the bathtub, yeah, yeah. which he probably had never really gotten sober from. And so like even when he apologized for that before, it was still not right. Like the clear-headed yeah, apology. Yeah. And so there's been a lot of shit, and now it's like, you know, he's realizing it. She brings him this love song that she found that he wrote, and this song obviously goes on to become something pretty important at the end of the movie. It seems like he's about to get out, and she wants him to come home. It seems like everything's great. And for everything that happens in this movie, their relationship stays pretty strong up until the very end because she's willing to make all these sacrifices for him and that of course is the problem in his mind yeah once he realizes that and realizes that he or he feels that he's not going to be strong enough to stay sober and stay like which we know trouble because he knows kept a bottle of pills in his fucking glove compartment so there's some truth to what rez is saying about it only (laughs) being a matter of time and he knows that's true right Okay, the European tour situation, Allie wants to bring Jack on the road with her, and Rez just flat out refuses, which is insane. I just don't even understand. Rez is fine with canceling the tour rather than letting her just bring him. Uh, Yeah. So stupid. Beyond stupid. This would never happen, ever. So then Allie just is like, fuck it, cancel the tour then, because she's got to take care of her husband. So, I mean, she's going all out. And, I mean, you're like, all right, this is like a true love story up until the very end. Yes, yes. There's never really a turn of their problems overtaking the relationship. Even throughout everything, she's going to remain loyal. And, of course, you know, that's the problem. Bobby drives Jack home from rehab. Yeah, emotional scene here. So we do to me emotional moment between some bros that are 40 years apart in age. But I do think we get some... Uh, to me, this is like the best payoff you can get for these two characters. Yeah. I mean, it's a good closure scene between the two of them with a storyline that's like half developed. Yeah, it was, it was you I idolized. It wasn't Dad. Yeah. <laughs> Said through tears. That's Another right. instantly memed scene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's acted great between the two, but it is kind of funny of Sam Elliott not really saying anything and just like putting the truck in reverse, but he, <laughs> right. you can tell he's crying. Oh, yeah. It's so great. I think we had a better band name. We might have made it. Or maybe it's because we look like a father and son duo. (laughs) Not many of those around. I was not a good look for you, that's for sure. (laughs) Not my fault. I couldn't find a better guitar player in the whole goddamn state. Where in the fuck is it? Right here. Thanks for the ride. Sure thing, Jack. Hey, you know, uh, when I, um, 
when I said I would, you know, when I, took your voice, you know. As you idolized, it wasn't that. This is the scene we've been alluding to now once Jack is back at home where Rez confronts Jack and basically he's like, you're holding Allie back. You're Seriously, derailing her this career. Is- just it's so, so over the top. Straight villain. <laughs> I just feel like, like I said, I, I mean, Rez is basically showing it, up and just being like, kill maybe, yourself. You need to kill yourself for the sake of the or world. Or leave. Or just, yeah. you need to get out of here. Like, right. and like Yeah, I mean, he leaves house. it open with yeah. like, kill yourself, but it's like, you need to not be around her, basically. You Please. need to just end this because she never will. She's too loyal and she's too in love with you, which makes her... A baby face, and it's like... Sure, and it also is like, Rez, I mean, you want to take a look inside at yourself right now? (laughs) Things you're saying? Well, I think in, like, 2018, when this movie is supposedly set... Okay. They're kind of just ignoring the reality of what the world is like in 2018. Yes, I I agree with that, yeah. There's such an easy way to spin this narrative to where she's, like, so loyal and heroic. She stands by her man, this guy that... Really helped well, plus, her career out. Yeah. And, and the, she's going to come out looking so much better the, because of this. And, like, the focus on mental illness and sort of, like, the sympathy towards it now is overwhelming, I would say. Plus, this is only one major incident. Right. The Grammys thing in public. I mean. Yeah. So, if, like, five years from now, he's still pulling shit that's really fucking up her career, then it's like, yeah. then maybe this conversation makes sense. In this moment... It seems insane to be saying this right now. He just got out of rehab, which is going to make people get supportive of him. I think like the audience would be thrilled to have an Allie Jackson like, Maine tour. Oh, yeah. People would be eating this up and loving it. It's just ridiculous. Later, Allie lies to Jack about the tour, and I think based on this conversation with Rez, he knows that she's lying. Yes. And she invites him. He takes it kind of hard. To her last show, which is in town in L.A., I guess, because now she's not going to go on this European tour. She's going to supposedly go back into the studio. I think that's just kind of a cover for, like, I'm going to stay here and babysit you because you're a mess. But whatever. (laughs) She's playing this this show in L.A. Or you can't be trusted to stay on the course. (laughs) And he says he'll come to the show later. And so she goes there. They're going to play Shallow together or whatever. And while she's doing that show... I'm not sure. I, I was reading different takes on this scene. Okay. I, I never really was clear on what we're supposed to think is happening here. I read something that was like in all of the confusion that she actually thinks that Jack is there. And I was like, wait a minute. No, I don't think she does. But she yeah, does no, say, give it up for my husband, Jackson Maine, at one point, which is weird. Uh, to no, say. I don't. I never took that. She thought he was there, that people knew who he was and right and that, that they it was done just the like song a, together yeah and it was just sort of a general show of support yeah that's what i think too you're right i think people Forget like that person i don't know you read like different him. people's like hot takes yeah, immediately no. after a movie comes out and it's like sometimes you're like kind of confused yeah. by what they're I saying i think she he didn't show up and she knows that because i yeah i do think she tells rez to like go to the house yeah or yeah send someone to the house right and like she like, feels like something's wrong right while this is all playing out he hangs himself in his garage. To me, I do think this scene is 
super well done though. Like the build to him hanging himself. I don't know what it was. I, I still don't think that I immediately knew that he was going to kill himself. I, I think it's as soon as he puts that plate down with the steak for the dog, you're just like, oh, no. You just know. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I kind of knew. I kind of felt sure like did, I knew where it was going. you always know. But, like, <laughs> that was, like, for me, I, that was the – I you know, I knew – I think it was in the back of my head, obviously, that this is probably where it's headed. But when he – sets that stake down <laughs> it's like oh boy well yeah no yeah. i'm not even claiming yeah. that i knew before the stake right. i'm agreeing that like okay. yeah that moment you're like oh no i know where this is headed oh now. yeah right you feel like and you've kind of seen similar scenes and things yep and that dog is like his real dog okay bradley yeah. cooper's real gotcha. dog so yeah he backs the truck out of the garage right at first i thought he was just gonna do the thing where he like same does the, the carbon monoxide yeah, yeah. or whatever with the truck running which would have been easier, probably. This is, like but I do think horrible. there is something to be said for the fact that he pulls the pill bottle out of the glove compartment. Like right. the fact that he knew that was there and yeah. was sitting on it. It's like kind of an acknowledgement that Rez right. was right. You know. <laughs> yeah, people who are only... addicted to drugs should kill themselves. Yes, it You're was right, only a man. matter of time. But I mean, you know, the, the the camera angle and everything is kind of like showing just his lower body. When he gets right. out of the truck, you know, the long walk, pulling the tool, whatever thing over and holding the belt. I don't know. It's just a really well done sequence. Now, what would your thoughts be if this was like actually he was going to do like some autoerotic asphyxiation and I'd, it was an accidental hanging? I would be like, yeah, another legend. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty brutal and Pretty crazy that they just steer right into it. Now, I have obviously some complaints. Okay. I yeah. don't think that they should have made him like such a sad sack victim the whole movie that gives him all these other reasons to want to kill himself besides what should have okay. been the focus of the movie. Yeah. But I will give them props because they don't sugarcoat it. They turn right into it. This is a major Hollywood movie that they're expecting to make hundreds of millions of dollars, hopefully fingers crossed and they're just like we are gonna have him commit suicide which is not something you see for in sure most movies right. these days unless you're talking about like an indie or something oh yeah and i think you like, could have him die but to kill himself that's fucking brutal and i will and say they just do it in the theater it's like one of those moments where it happens and even the build-up to it and when it happens you it's like you can feel the silence in the theater oh yeah a heavy silence you know? sets in that's obviously cut with Allie doing Shallow alone. Afterwards, Allie's sadness is overtaking her. She's destroying like framed pictures right. in the house mm -hmm. and all this stuff. And We get that final Bobby-Allie conversation, which is kind of absolving her of any guilt she might have and being like, you know, he was going to do this anyway. And oh, he's yeah. the only one to blame or whatever. And he's giving her that whole like 12 notes thing. Yeah, still... Has never really hit for me. Yeah, he's like oh, he loved the way you did it. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of a lot of crying from uh, for sure Sam Elliott in this one. Yeah, I, this <laughs> a lot scene, of wet eyes for I, old Sammy I, boy. I, I didn't need this scene. I guess it was kind of nice to have her have like one more normal scene before we cut into the very. They really end, but... want you to know that she was in love with him. Oh yeah, and it's pure, and that she wasn't gonna leave him, and that they really want the emotional thing to hit you. Yes that this is really something that's happened to her and that she wasn't going to ever take the easy way out with him and leave him because of his problems. So 
here it is. She's with his ancient 90-year-old brother. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Jack talked about how music is essentially 12 notes between any octave. 12 notes and the octave repeats. It's the same story told over and over. He loved how you see them. He just kept saying, I love how she sees them, Bobby. It ends with her performance of I'll Never Love Again, which is the song that she brought to him when he was in rehab that he had written. And I don't know where she is. Uh, His band is back in the mix. I was thinking, like, you're one of those guys, and you're tied to, like, a Jackson Maine. Like, you're in his band. You go on tour. You get a certain cut of, like, the records and everything. It's like, you really have a lot hanging on one guy, you know? Yeah. Back to the studio. Back to studio sessions. I'm just We've like a seen a lot of uh, front men die sure. or kill themselves, like Chris Cornell, right. Kurt Cobain, Scott Weiland. It's like, what, what are those people do? Oh, if you're yeah. Dave Grohl, you start Foo Fighters, but most of those other They're guys not aren't all starting Dave Grohl. Foo Fighters. Yeah, right. <laughs> Some of those other guys are now in their mid-50s That's or right. whatever. I love that she introduces herself at this performance as Allie, Allie Main. Main, which is right. great. That also seems to be... Something that's consistent through like the older movies too, I think. Yeah, is this the inclusion in of the last like, name? Where is this place? No that clue. She's doing this? No idea. It seems like some some kind sort of, of weird ballroom. <laughs> like, yeah, this is the big final performance of this song. It's like the big dramatic romantic number. Yeah, or not, not even romantic, but like sad romantic. Right. And I will say, I didn't see it coming where they go with this. The whole like, we're gonna kind of end on the cut back to him singing it for her. Yeah, where they're working it, on it on a piano. Yep. Powerful. Yeah. I was I was in on it. Yeah, and maybe it answers some questions about how they put Shallow together off screen. True. It's like, here's a little shot of them working right. on a song together. <laughs> they should have cut back. They should have done that. They should have left that, but then yeah. like come back to her singing and then cut to them in the parking right. lot, yeah. then like doing working on the song some right. more. He's like, what were those lyrics again? He's yeah. like writing them down. <laughs> You're like, okay, now we got some explanation. Right. And the movie ends. And I'll add one thing during these end credits, too. Like, the weeks leading up to the movie, they had released some other trailers where they're using this song from the end, Is That Alright, this piano song that she's playing. And I was like, I was like, wow, here's another song from the movie that I'm, like, really in on. And we get through the movie, and I'm like, I can't believe that song wasn't in it at all. Mm-hmm. Like, that was a big shock to me. But, like, you know, now with the whole experience of the movie, I think it, it kind of leads perfectly into being that, like, credit song. Yeah. Well, in the 76 version, the song they used in the credits was like the hit single, and it's not even in the movie. It's oh, just wow. Okay. So well, so at least they got shallow into the movie, true, yeah. which was the big right. hit song from this one, which won the only Academy Award yeah, yeah. that this movie well ended up deserved. winning. Yeah, and this is over two hours now. Holy shit. So. Yeah, this was a fucking marathon. <laughs> a lot to say yeah. about this one. Well, you only tackle, uh, I mean, how many A Star is Borns do we get to do, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this one was destined to be covered by our show. Sure. From the moment we saw that trailer, yeah. we knew where it was headed. This could have been like a two-parter, really, but, I mean, might as well nah, just lay it I don't know there. if we're really going to be doing those anymore. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think people love that. Right. <laughs> All right, so thanks for I listening. I waited a whole week, and we're still doing fucking... Inception. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening to our show. Follow the show on Twitter at Creators Pod. Subscribe on Apple Podcast yeah. app. As I mentioned, hopefully, whatever day this ends up getting posted of the week, the next one should be a week from that day. The schedule's kind of up in the air right now, but whatever. So... 
I don't think people care that much no, the no. day it comes out. All right, we'll see you next time. Tell me something, girl. Are you happy in this modern world? Or do you need more? Is there something else you're searching for? I'll fall in all the good times I find myself longing for change And in the bad times I fear myself Yeah, I think so. How's your head? I haven't had any complaints yet.